3: This movie.
0: Welcome back to WTM Watch This Movie. This is episode 300, and I am Eric Mulder.
1: Some of us pump, and some of us slump.
0: Joining me, as always, is Mr. Positivity himself, Wolfie Tizzle.
2: You want to talk? We'll talk. I'm a sucker for good conversation.
4: What's up? My fantasy team. That's what's up fucking dallas cowboys (laughs) jesus christ i go to watch uh pulp fiction on sunday night of week one thinking i you know i got a good shot i got some buffalo bills playing on monday and i I turned the movie off at the end and i'm down by 70.
0: you didn't see the the trump gif i sent
4: (laughs) (laughs) that was like in the first two minutes of the game Oh, I sent that after their second defensive touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing changed apparently.
0: <laughs> yeah, the score just kept on going up and up and up.
4: And I hate it.
0: Yeah, because before uh, the game started, you were projected to win by about two or three points.
4: Yeah, before Sunday night game. Yeah.
0: No, yeah. and now
4: now you're gonna lose by like forty. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm currently uh, watching the game. I, I saw Buffalo got a, a sack, and their kicker kicked the field goal, so I'm on the comeback trail.
0: Is Rogers dead? I got an alert that he's questionable.
4: Speaking What's... of the comeback trail, remember when that movie was supposed to come out two years ago and then never did?
0: The comeback trail? Is that that Jamie Foxx movie with the uh, some, uh, I don't know, somebody uh, switched races or something for the movie?
4: No, it's... Uh... Tommy Lee Jones and um, I think Zach Braff is in there and uh, I forget. It's about a, a movie production that uh, tries to kill its its leading man so that it could write it off as an insurance write-off.
0: Like Scream 3 or something?
4: Kind of, I guess. <laughs> it was a comedy. But I saw the trailer for it in like for like four straight weeks in like summer of 2021 20, and then I just like never came out
0: yeah i guess more so rip, ripping off a subplot of tropic thunder
4: i think it's a remake of something from the early 80s yeah. anyways all right.
0: all right well we we've kept our guests in the dark long enough uh, welcome back to the show we have with us brother clint
1: you need people like me You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers I say, that's the bad guy.
5: Long time no see, guys. How you doing? Good. Hey.
0: Thanks for helping us celebrate 300 episodes of WTM.
5: <laughs> yeah, glad to be here. This is uh, We're going to be talking about one of my favorite movies of all time. and
4: I know you love it. I know you love Pulp Fiction, so I'd invite you on. Yeah, uh, no
0: arguments here. I don't know. It flirts with my top five favorites of all time because it's i gotta have at least one tarantino in my top five right i kind of go back and forth between this and inglorious bastards glorious bastards might be my favorite of his but
5: i think glorious is great i just saw that in the theater like two months ago mm. but uh yeah i mean both those movies are top 10 for me alt might be top five even but uh yeah, yeah definitely classic it's i can never watch it enough really
0: yeah, it uh, it doesn't get old. It, it is just so fucking funny. <laughs> it's one of the funniest dark comedies you'll see. I think maybe Fargo might be the funniest like dark comedy for me. Bit biased
4: because you know it's Minnesota and stuff. But right. we're gonna shame we're gonna shame Brother Clint because he's never seen the movie Fargo. <laughs> oh
5: yeah. Ah, uh, you just had to pull that out I of me. Mean, damn, I've seen the TV show. I'm caught up on the TV show, but I've never seen the actual movie.
0: Wow. The new uh, season drops in November, I
4: believe, with John Hamm.
5: November or October, I forget. It's it's coming quick, though.
4: Mm Mm-hmm. I have to watch the last season while I still have Hulu for free. (laughs) Because they're raising the price next month.
5: Mm. Uh, It's so much better watching on Hulu without the commercials. It's like a straight movie.
4: I don't get why
0: sometimes it seems like there's ads for movies, and sometimes there aren't. I watched Infinity Pool. And there was three ad breaks in the first like forty five minutes, and then none for the rest of the movie.
4: I don't know. I got I had free Hulu.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't like giving Disney that much money. So for,
4: for thirty days for free.
5: Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> I I don't pay for Hulu, but uh, I pay for Peacock. Uh, because I saw the ad version on that initially, because that was free with the cable service I have, and then uh, their ads started it slow like a minute and then it was like a minute and a half and then by the end of the movie you're watching like five minute ads just to finish the movie it's like every five minutes they have an ad it was torture literal torture
4: and if you try to fast forward to a spot in a show or a movie it makes you watch all the ads you would have seen if you had watched the whole thing
5: oh gross i never tried that but (laughs) i stopped after the second ad to pay for the the ad-free service i didn't even make it through a full show or movie whatever i was trying to watch i forget but
4: i remember i was, I was trying to find some uh specific sketch on uh, snl i don't even think it was on there i think they cut it from that episode but like you would fast forward to a certain point and then it would make you watch like six minutes of ads because you skipped the the two ad breaks before that painful yeah
0: i was uh a bit pissed off at Peacock a couple of weeks ago. I was going to watch Asteroid City and it said I got to subscribe. I'm like, Well, what are you talking about? I've been yeah. a loyal Peacock subscriber for like a couple of years because you get it for free, right? If you're an Xfinity customer, comes with it, correct?
5: No, that it used what? to. It changed, changed in June.
0: Okay, that's why.
5: Yeah. I probably yeah. haven't
0: watched it since June. So, the, yeah, they made me purchase a subscription, which was. There's a deal for like, what is it, two months? It's Or six months? It's like two ninety nine a month, something like yeah, that.
5: Yeah, for like half price almost.
0: So I'm going to end that uh, when those couple of months runs up. But it will not be staying with Peacock.
4: Well, you're going to watch WWE. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I guess we should get to the topic at hand. Uh, 300 episodes, Pulp Fiction. Let's get into it. So this film came out in one of the best years in recorded history for film. The best picture uh, category was just loaded that year. Going up against Forrest Gump and Shawshank Redemption. I love both of those as well. Shawshank Redemption more so. I, I think it's a better film than Forrest Gump. But how can you not like Forrest Gump, right?
4: I know. I mean, his girlfriend uh, had AIDS, baby. <laughs> Um, I haven't seen either of those movies in years, but yeah, mm. I Mm-mm. I do like Forrest Gump quite a bit. Shawshank Redemption, uh, I only saw it all the way through one time, and it's okay. It's uh, it's I think it's a little overrated because uh, for a while it was one of those movies where everybody said it was the best movie of all time, mm-hmm. and uh, it's okay.
0: It might still be number one on IMDB. It was for the longest time is the highest rated.
4: But also might have had the most plays on Turner Cable. Uh, oh yeah. Big <laughs> TNT film. That in the last it. of the Mohicans. Yeah. Strangely, I never watched that on cable. I don't know why. I, I've never seen it either. I just remember they used to advertise it constantly.
5: Mm-hmm. You never saw Last of the Mohicans, Wolfie. Nope. I swear no. they played that in school for one of my classes. Like one of my history classes, I think we watched it.
4: No, it. I didn't uh, didn't see that. I had one teacher who showed Glory in two different uh, classes.
5: I saw that school as well.
4: And then uh, Gettysburg, because I took a I took a Civil War elective class, and uh, the same guy I had for American history he showed Glory in both of those classes, and then he showed Gettysburg in the Civil War class. And then we watched Ken Burns' uh, Civil War documentary. It was, it was basically, we just watched a movie every day.
5: Selective. <laughs> <It's an> <laughs> Screw it. <laughs>
4: but yeah, Last of the Mohicans, I never saw that.
5: remember that one being good. I haven't seen that in years. Uh, in, I also haven't seen Shawshank in years. I, I haven't watched it much. I probably watched it once or twice, but it was uh, a little on the depressing side for me, so I don't, I don't watch those too often sometimes, but
4: Probably been I... seeing too many Family Guy par- parodies of it.
5: <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I stopped watching Family Guy a couple years ago. To be honest,
4: <laughs> they did the one episode with the three Stephen King stories, and that was one of them.
5: I kind of remember that. Not any specifics though.
4: You know, they did that one, and they did Misery with Stewie and Brian.
0: Mm-hmm. It was it was a good episode.
4: Oh, the third one was Stand by Me, where they're all kids.
0: They did one, I think, last season that was pretty good. It was three best picture winners. It was American Beauty and Silence of the Lambs, and what was the other one? I forget. But they they were that was a good episode too. Didn't they do an American Beauty
4: parody in like season two?
0: Uh they did a okay, you know what? A manatee joke, throwaway gag, cutaway.
4: I thought they did a whole episode where Peter was like, uh, he had the hots for one of those high school te- cheerleaders
0: uh yeah i think he did and they did do that i guess the the musical number scene from the in the gym
4: yeah he's by himself and then stewie was trying to i think flies out of her shirt (laughs) (laughs) something like that but i know they did something like that early in the series
0: yeah all right well enough about family guy let's get into pulp fiction directed of course by Quentin Tarantino also written by him and Roger Avery do you notice who the executive producer was <laughs> yeah. he's the guy who made it all uh, made it all happen Danny DeVito TriStar turned it down said it was too demented too <laughs> sick Harvey Weinstein loved it it was the first film that uh, Miramax actually fully financed and it was a boon for them
4: Harvey Weinstein just loved that pawn shop scene. <laughs> it's like we gotta film this.
0: <laughs> called a, called <laughs> up his brother. We are giving them everything we have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, our uh, Avery. Uh, I guess parts of Pulp Fiction were leftover stories from Avery uh, when they were writing True Romance.
6: Now, Avery has
0: an uncredited written by credit for True Romance, because the story goes, you know, Quentin sold a script for True Romance. You know, you don't really hear a lot that Roger Avery had anything to do with that one, but they were were writing pals at the time. So uh, Avery does get some credit for maybe, I mean, a little bit for True Romance, but he should get a lot of credit for Pulp Fiction as well.
4: Yeah, I forget the story. Like, wasn't there some kind of uh, deal with Tarantino where him and Avery... Cut a deal so that he could uh, do like Reservoir Dogs or something. Well, or, uh, I this, I the, story the story went that was.
0: he sold the True Romance script to finance Reservoir Dogs. Basically, I'm not sure how Avery fit into it. If they just scrapped his ideas and that's why he gets the uncredited written by for True Romance, but
4: or or if he, he helped finance reservoir dogs or something i don't know i can't remember i know there's a story there i just don't remember what it was
0: i mean you can hear them both uh talk about film uh i guess i'm not sure when the new season starts but they do that podcast together along with avery's daughter but uh yeah avery didn't do all that much after pulp fiction i mean he was still well let's just let's look at his filmography because his kind of big deal after pulp fiction was uh, rules of Interaction, right? Because he did the screenplay for that. But after that, I don't think he did all that much.
4: So he like did si- Silent, Silent Hill in 06, yeah. Beowulf in 07. The last one was Lucky Day in 2019.
0: Yeah, I don't know why he didn't have more work. You know, if you're affiliated with Pulp fiction at all, they should just be throwing money at you.
4: I know, especially with all the uh, knockoffs from it.
0: Yeah. Rules of Attraction was oh, 02. So he had a TV movie 97. RPM in 97, which is, I've never seen it. Looks horrible. Mr. St- uh, Mr. Stitch, another TV movie, 95. Yeah. So I don't know how he's getting that quality of work, but he only got three acting credits.
5: Probably just sitting on that Pulp Fiction bag and taking it easy.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, it won and 94 it can so they're kind of in a like a year-long uh marketing binge i guess because it wins a can and they're kind of promoted and all year long because it wins a best screenplay at the oscars in 95
4: oh and 20 or in 2008 he was arrested for dui and manslaughter
0: oh he killed a guy huh, <laughs> huh. i don't think i knew that
4: i did not either
0: that's 2008 that's kind of long after he was not doing much
4: because he was drinking a lot
0: yeah it was like if him and quentin had a falling out you know you wouldn't know it now they could have patched things up but because after pulp fiction you know tarantino does jackie brown which is you know the only film he's done that's not an original work based off of rum punch based on the novel pushed by sapphire Elmore Leonard novel Rum Punch but yeah Um, let's get into the cast we have John Travolta as Vincent Vega Uma Thurman as Mia Wallace Samuel L. Jackson as Jules Winfield Bruce Willis as Butch Coolidge Eric Stoltz as Lance Steve Buscemi as uh, Buddy Holly Christopher Walken as Captain Coons Tim Roth as Pumpkin and a plumber played honey bunny harvard Keitel was the wolf tarantino plays jimmy it was then our was jody hey uh
7: what do you think about trudy she ain't got a boyfriend you want to uh hang out get high which one's trudy i with all the shit in her face no that's jody that's my wife
0: <laughs> uh, Alexis arquette the fourth man flock of seagulls no though no, sorry Fourth man's the one hiding in the other room. Yeah, that's when
4: Alexis was still a man.
0: Yeah, with the hand cannon. (laughs) Ving Rhames as Marcellus Wallace. Peter Green played Zed. Peter Green, he had a a hell of a 94, 95. Because he was in this, Usual Suspects, and The Mask. And then he just kind of didn't do much from that. I think of Peter Green, I think of those three movies.
4: He's got a very uh unique face.
0: Yeah, and voice too, I'd say. A distinct voice. I mean, he's still working, getting plenty of work, but not very prominent. Of course, we all remember him in Training Day, directed by auteur Antoine Fuqua.
4: From the director of Training Day.
0: But yeah, uh, it's been so long since I've seen Blue Streak, so I don't remember him in there. And he was the main
4: bad guy in Blue Streak.
0: Okay. Not sure what happened there, but it seems like he should have been a bigger deal than he was.
4: Yeah, I mean he's done a ton of work. It's just right. Nothing that's really been of note. Just low budget shit.
0: Yeah, and I'd say he's a from what I've seen, he seems to be a perfectly capable actor, good actor. Like there's nothing I've seen where I'm like, well, he's it's amateur hour here.
4: Oh, no, he's a good, bad guy.
0: Yeah. Frank Whaley plays Brett. Check
4: out
1: the big brain on Brett. You're a smart motherfucker. That's right.
0: Phil Lamar plays Marvin. So we also have Paul Calderon as Paul. Here's a fun fact. We actually almost got the role of Jules. Originally, Samuel Jackson thought it was he came in, he didn't do well in his first audition. He thought it was just like a reading. And then they're like, Why don't you come back in and audition again? And I guess he he did the speech at the end the Ezekiel speech uh, explaining it to Tim Roth and knocked him dead. And then he would have work for life. <laughs> well, he was all he was already kind of known, especially around Cannes. He'd already won Best Actor at Cannes for Jungle Fever a few years prior. 91, I want to say.
4: I never saw it.
0: I mean, he was in a bunch of Spike Lee stuff around that time. Of course, he was in...
4: Good fellas. Right. Juice. That was a good one. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> um, he was in well, true romance.
5: Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park, yep. Jurassic Park. Menace one, to one Society. Of the, one okay. of the diehards.
0: Isn't he in that one uh that you've seen, Bray? You were telling me about a little
4: little kid playing chess. Oh, fresh. Fresh. He's seen Fresh. That was also ninety four. Yeah. Okay. According to MDB, he was in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven movies in nineteen ninety four. So he's he's been busy. Mm-hmm. He he doesn't say no.
5: Oh, he's in Jeffrey Dahmer's favorite movie. It actually, says three. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Angela Jones played Esmeralda Villalobos.
4: the cab driver.
0: Correct. Maria D. Madero's played Fabian. She's still the only person that, I when I watch this movie, I think, why her? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she's bad. I just think it's an odd choice. Especially
4: for Butch's girlfriend? You, yeah. They're such an odd couple. <laughs> yeah.
0: Kathy Griffin is credited as Kathy Griffin, which is funny.
4: I, I noticed in the credits it says as her, herself.
0: Yeah. Because... <laughs> She's one of three uh, Gawkers. There's, so there's Gawker 1 as Karen uh, Mariama, So that's she's credited as Gawker 1. There's the shot lady and a pedestrian. But Kathy Griffin is credited as, her, as herself for some reason. I believe she was dating Tarantino at the time, which is why she's in here.
4: I feel bad for him.
0: Mm-hmm. Julia Sweeney was Raquel. Lawrence Bender was Flock of Seagulls on the Couch credited as long hair yuppie scum. <laughs> I think that'll do it for cast. Synopsis. The lives of two mob hitmen, a boxer, a gangster, and his wife, and a pair of diner bandits intertwine in four tales of violence and redemption. So just like Reservoir Dogs, we start off at a diner. Yeah. Um. Also, I mean, there's, Some pretty obvious similarities to Reservoir Dogs with the suits and uh, the Vega aspect of it. You know, you hear Michael Madsen actually turned this down to do White Earp with Kevin Costner, but John Travolta was brought in. But uh, of course, he knocks it out of the park. There was that unrealized Vega Brothers movie that Tarantino toyed around with.
4: But They were still talking about that like two years ago. <laughs> like, these guys that are in their seventies, yeah. <laughs> Unless they're going to recast, like like they were going to do it with the original people too, like yeah. As a, it was like it's going to be a prequel.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> like they could have done that even in the two thousands, but not in not in the twenties or the or the late teens, you know.
4: Yeah, I, I tell you what, Michael Madsen was not looking like nineteen ninety two Michael Madsen in two thousand two. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's pull Michael Madsen from Kill Bill and we'll we'll call him uh, Vic Vega and say it takes place in 1989.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I do like him quite a bit in, in the Kill Bills. He's a bit of a dad bod in there. He's not as lean as Mr. No, Blonde.
4: He was very lean in Reservoir Dogs. Very good dancer.
0: Mm-hmm. And are, are you guys of the opinion that the briefcase is from Reservoir Dogs do you like to play around with that what if storyline
4: what do you what do you mean that it's well some people
0: uh, some people think that the, the the case in Pulp Fiction is actually just the case from Reservoir Dogs that the runs off with
4: it was a different case though he had like a satchel like a doctor's bag I thought
0: uh, I thought it was a case but even 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 if not then it's it still could just be, you know, where you got the shit hit at, and they put it in a case. And
4: I tell you what, diamonds is not a very enticing um, mm-hmm. uh, MacGuffin, if you will, for Pulp yeah. Fiction. Some of the other theories are, are much more interesting.
0: Yeah. Well, there is rumors that that was the original idea for Pulp Fiction is a direct sequel to Reservoir Dogs, but I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me, especially after they do the the glowing gold aspect of it. And it's like, well, that's not, if you ever shine a light on a diamond, that's not the color that pops out. It's the,
4: uh, golden diamonds or whatever they call
5: them. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> well, speaking of that case, did they ever, uh, and maybe we'll get to this here, but how did Brett and that crew get it? Like they, that never really got explained or it's never anything.
0: Sammy gave it of. to him. <laughs> buddy holly <laughs> or they they stole they stole it from disemmy or something yeah well, he's, he's, he's in he's in the film and he plays a waiter which is ironic because he thinks he shouldn't tip
4: the staff, right yes yeah. yes but then we're assuming that mr pink got away and didn't get gunned down in the streets at the end of reservoir dogs <laughs> and that those dozens of cops who didn't shoot him also didn't get the case Mm-hmm. And that he was strong-armed by those four, uh not very uh, intimidating guys in the apartment.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know how this collection of Jagoffs got this case, but
4: <laughs> or how did they get associated with Marcellus Wallace in the first place? Like, it they seems so seem, out of place.
5: Yeah, they seem so low level and kind of rookies to that gangster game that you know vincent and jules and Marcels are all a part of
4: i, th- I think they kind of pl- implied that they i don't know if if they were hired to go get it and then they were gonna act dumb and not give it back or you know like pretend like they didn't have it uh and so that's why you gotta send jules and vincent in but yeah how they got it uh in the first place yeah there's no explanation for that
0: I bet you guys are like me and that you've seen this 50 times. You you might catch things here or there that you didn't notice before, but that's kind of what I was really trying to look for watching it at this time. It's because, you know, nothing's going to surprise me, but though, well, maybe if I just kind of pay attention to other things and just kind of search around, I did find a few things that I didn't really notice, or maybe I just didn't think about. And one of them was just the whole situation of them in the apartment. It's, seven something in the morning and they already got cheeseburgers right (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) it's the cornerstone of of any nutritious breakfast a cheeseburger apparently but i'm like god what are these guys doing they're all up so these guys guys must be tweaking right or either that or they had a long night out partying got drunk and you know they grabbed some takeout although some greasy food for when they get back home but that's
5: because it definitely wasn't a it wasn't a reheat it looked like they just came from Big Kahuna Burger. Yeah. Fresh.
0: You can hear the ice in the, the, the cup of Sprite. So, you know, they just came from Big Kahuna Burger. Yeah, it's just so odd that <laughs> they're all up and just having burgers. It's like 730 in the morning.
4: They, they must have right. just got back with it. Uh, they, Jules and Vincent are lucky that they weren't standing outside the door when those guys came back with their Big Kahuna Burger. Because mm-hmm. they got there at 7.22 and then they had to hang back and talk about foot massages for a little bit before they knocked on the door. <laughs>
5: that, that foot massage conversation is classic, though. Like, mm-hmm. You know, Jules thinks it's not fine, but then Vincent kind of like uh, checkmates him when he says, would you give me a massage? A foot massage? <laughs> <laughs>
4: would you ever massage a guy's feet? <laughs>
5: I got my technique down and everything. I I'm not tickling or nothing.
0: <laughs> this film is just filled with not just iconic scenes, but iconic conversations, monologues. Everything is so quotable. I mean, we're going to be jumping around this movie just like the chronology does. The timeline of this film jumps around quite a bit. But you know, the prologue is Pumpkin and Honey Bunny talking in the diner, and. They're talking about, I guess, what all <laughs> what all criminals talk about, just random criminal shit. But <laughs> they discuss, you know, it's strange how nobody robs restaurants. It, it's, it's a bit similar to the, you know, why are we tipping waitresses and waiters when we don't tip people at McDonald's? You know, they're serving you food, right. but you don't feel the need to tip them. It's something that you don't really think about, but it's also kind of obvious at the same time. Like, Why Whoa. didn't I think of that? You know, or, or I've thought about that, but no one else, you know, I've... I've never had that conversation with anyone. Yeah.
4: Well, they're talking about, um, they've been hitting up liquor stores and, uh, what bars, things like that. Kind of the typical cash heavy businesses, Mm -hmm. but, uh, like it's, it's super dangerous because the, they're not insured and the, the owners aren't, uh, willing to just give up the, the cash without a fight. And, uh, they often have guns behind the counter or, right. you know, it's a, it's a 15th generation Jewish owned business and grandpa's sitting there with a shotgun next to the register. And, uh, it's much more safe to, to rob a bank. And he tells a story about how somebody robbed a bank with a tel- a telephone. They just walked up with a phone and uh, gave it to the teller. And the person on the line said, well, we give this guy all your money or I'm going to kill this girl. And right. uh, it's funny because Honey Bunny's like, "Well, what happened to the girl?" He's like, oh, "I don't know. There probably wasn't a girl. <laughs> like, yeah, that's probably exactly. bullshit." <laughs> the point is, he robbed a bank with a telephone.
5: <laughs> well, then they also mentioned that a lot of the liquor stores in the LA area they didn't speak very good English, so they didn't know they were trying to rob them. Right. And then heroes would come in the store and pull their guns on them, potentially too.
0: Yeah, Quentin writes such great dialogue and these, these ideas that a lot of us have probably had, he articulates the ideas so well that it just combines perfectly. I don't know how to describe it. It's, I mean, you can't tell me you haven't been at McDonald's in the past 20 years and you're thinking about how much it's going to cost. You're like, Oh, it's only gonna be seven bucks. You know, it's nice because you don't have to tip. (laughs) (laughs) It's also like, it's strange being at like a sporting event where they have like the kind of like the getting your drinks, the alcoholic beverages is kind of streamlined where you're basically at a kiosk and the most they're even doing is like turning around and grabbing your drink. Like someone else will be pouring, but you're not really tipping them. You know, you're tipping, there's the machine in front. You got to push the button for the tip. And it's like, this person is just running the transaction for you. Yeah. They got to trust that they're, I guess splitting everything equally amongst themselves because you're supposed to be tipping for a service, you know, the waitress or the waiters running around, getting your food, taking your order, get, bringing new napkins, ketchup, whatever you need. Like that's what you're paying for a service. This other thing that's all this other shit that's streamlined with kiosks and, you know, iPads, I'm a little more hesitant to to give them an honest tip.
5: I don't tip on a lot of those, you know, yeah. If I'm at a sit-down restaurant and they're doing the work, I tip there. Or, you know, uh, it's been a long time, but like valets, I always want I like to throw a little bit extra on there to take care of my car. But sure. um, you know, getting takeout or one of those spots where it's like McDonald's, where they turn around the kiosk and ask you to tip. Mm-hmm. I don't, <laughs> I don't tip there. You know, yeah. If it's a big order or something like that, like I used to go pick up orders from work. You know, we tip for that stuff, you know, cause it'd be like six, seven, eight of us or whatever, you know, where it's actually make them work. Then I think that would uh, entail a tip, but if it's just me or even with my two kids, it's, you know, a lot of those, I don't, I don't tip at all. I just say no tip and uh, I deal with the sad face that comes with it. <laughs> <laughs> because
0: it seems like throughout American culture, if you're getting an alcoholic beverage, a tip is almost, it goes without saying, you got a tip, it's alcohol. They're serving the alcohol, right?
5: Oh, uh, yeah. Well, we were talking about, you know, we yeah. I haven't drank in a long time before the show, right? But back in the day when I used to frequent the bars, yeah, like a dollar a drink for sure. Yeah. You know, because you got to take care of the bartender and they'll take care of you. They'll make you stronger drinks than if you don't tip for sure. Sure.
0: Yeah. There's, but, there's other uh, benefits.
5: But at, like, a sporting event, I don't think I'd tip nobody. You know, you're already paying, like, triple the cost of the beer anyways. And, well, especially you know. if
4: you're going to the the grand, the, the mezzanine or whatever, uh, up to the, what's that place called? <laughs> <laughs>
5: Concessions? The concession
4: stand. If you're going to the concession stand, I don't see why you would tip on that. Because basically they're just running your card and, like tur- like you said, turning around and handing you a, a, a oh. drink. That's, that's already a thing there and, there's, and done. There's plenty
0: of concession stands that don't even serve alcohol or beer. And they're doing the same thing as the people that do. And it's the same setup. It's a little kiosk of so somebody standing there, turns around and gets you a soda or a hot dog, sets it down and says it'll
4: be yeah. this much. And yeah, that's what the people serving the alcohol are doing. Before COVID, you would never tip on that ever. Yeah. Uh, if they were delivering it to your seat, that's a different thing. You would you would tip on that. But uh yeah, I don't sure. even know if they right. walk the
0: Wally the beer man, you pay extra.
4: <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah, there's uh there's a definite uh increase in tip requests as white.
5: <laughs> Everyone wants a tip now, it's ridiculous.
4: But then like when you're tipping through the machine, like you don't know that who you who you want to tip is the one getting the tip. Like it could just be going back to the the company and they just put it in their uh their general fund or whatever might not even get to the employees.
5: I'm also not a fan of tipping before the service is provided either cuz mm. you know, you could get bad service and you know, i i wouldn't want to ask for my tip back, you know, depending on how bad it is, i might, but you know, i'd rather determine the size of the tip i want to give you after you provided whatever a buying, you know.
4: Yeah, i've been burned on that on deliveries a few times. It's like I'll tip whatever 15, 18, 20 percent, and then they'll take two hours to deliver something. Food I'm talking to you, Jimmy Johns. Uh yeah. <laughs> I thought they were, yeah. doesn't take two hours to deliver a fucking sandwich. Yeah. I don't care how few people you got working there. There's there's no way you're that busy. <laughs> but yeah, I I it's like at that point, I like, I just want my money back. Just like, not worth it. It's a bit
0: strange, but yeah, they, they bring up a good point. You know, why don't people rob more restaurants? There's a lot of wallets in restaurants. Yeah, right. and
5: back when they made this movie, a lot of people are still paying cash. You know, like it's almost the cashless society now. Mm-hmm. So you you would find a lot of money in the wallets, especially that bad motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Right. With $1,500 it.
4: <laughs> I will shoot him on principle alone.
0: <laughs> that fucking Nimrod $1,500. There's a term you don't hear a lot anymore,
5: Nimrod. <laughs> no, definitely not.
4: <laughs> I, I heard that Nimrod... I don't know where I heard, I heard this on YouTube or something. Uh Nimrod is apparently a uh, character in the Bible who is an archer. Mm. And uh so in Looney Tunes they are calling uh, bugs bunny would call um elmer fudd nimrod like uh like a, the hunter okay and uh, it was misinterpreted as nimrod meaning like retard well, <laughs> idiot <laughs> like like he's stupid but uh because it's stuck but uh yeah apparently that's uh, there was a misinterpretation by the uh general public because of looney tunes
0: that is a fun fact, Brett. Thank you for that.
1: Check out the big brain on Brad. You're a smart motherfucker. That's right.
5: <laughs> yeah. Then it became a Green Day album as well. I was just gonna say, I thought I
0: was gonna I thought it was a Weezer album or a Green a Green Day album or something. Nimrod, I remember that. I also noticed, I think for the first time, I, I guess I've never really looked for it, but I did notice in the prologue while they're sitting at the diner, there's a shot of Honey Bunny, and you see Vincent walk behind her when he's going to the bathroom
4: i didn't catch
5: that i don't think i saw that either i was i was trying to look for it you know that because i knew they were real close they're like a aisle over or whatever
0: like you can see him oh basically over her shoulder he isn't like i'm sure he walked you know he was a foot away from her when he walked by her but you know that's not the part you see on camera you see when when he's eight feet past her you know and Still yeah. walking, he's walking away from the camera. You can just see the back of his head and the the white shirt.
5: I know at the end I saw Pumpkin and Honey Bunny when they were focused on Jules and Vincent, but I didn't see it vice versa, vice versa in the beginning.
4: That's uh, that's good movie making if he did that though.
5: Mm-hmm. Something that to look out for,
4: second movie ever. Uh, you know, it's pretty, pretty good. And one of the greatest needle
0: drops in cinema history. Yes, uh, it's a it's a bit weird that they don't use the same dialogue in the end as they do in the beginning, because the what she says differs slightly. Because in the beginning it's like I'll kill every last fucking one of you or whatever, and at the end she says every last one of you motherfuckers.
4: Is that one of those uh, POV things? Like different people hear it differently. <laughs>
0: No, they just use different cuts because even or they just use different, uh, different tastes. Do you think
4: that's, do you think that's in, intentional though? Like, you know, not
0: sure, could be,
4: just, you know, depending on which part of the restaurant you're in, you hear it differently,
0: <laughs> could be. But, uh, yeah, with the the surfing music that comes on,
4: and then halfway through the credits, it cuts into a uh, jungle boogie, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tarantino's always good with the uh, the soundtrack, especially mm-hmm. back in the nineties.
0: And also very good at simulating a radio. Just like Reservoir Dogs, you get Kate Bailey's Super Sounds in the seventies. You get the uh, the radio tuning in this one, also in Once Upon a Time in America, you get all Hollywood. the all the fun ads that they have and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So what did I say in America?
4: He's in America. <laughs> <laughs> you know, once,
0: sorry, once by time in Hollywood. I'm trying to remember if there's any other ones because obviously there's a few films that you know radio wasn't really invented yet.
4: Maybe uh, Kill Bill,
0: yeah, maybe. I mean, they have Butch's car is in Kill Bill, it's in the parking lot of the strip club
4: because the rest of his movies are period pieces. Yeah, because Butch's
0: car was also Jackie's car, I believe, in Jackie Brown. I suppose uh, Death Proof, uh, one of the characters was a radio DJ. That's right, Jungle Julia. Decent soundtrack. Wasn't as good, but obviously he's good for... uh, He's well-known for his soundtracks. A lot of deep cuts.
4: Yeah. Oh, this one, there's some less deep cuts.
0: Yeah. I was wondering at the time, I'm sure this led to Jungle Boogie kind of... uh, not topping the charts again but i'm sure it did pretty well after
4: this film came out well when did um what was that album called pure funk when was that Mm. hitting the the airwaves on the tv i mean i I remember a lot of people having the soundtrack
0: back in the 90s
4: there was a compilation album called pure funk which i actually bought at one point Mm. um that came out in the 90s that was kind of a Resurgence of that, right? Uh, funk music, and I think Jungle Boogie was on there. You bought it off the old television, huh? Well, I think about it in the store, but it was uh, as seen on TV, type yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, they had a bunch of those compilations, and yeah, you'd see them on TV constantly.
0: It was even probably before now, that's what I call music, you know, volume. Yeah, it, was, it was
4: around the same time. I, I don't know exactly when it came out though. I guess I could Google it.
0: Yeah, I remember all of those all those compilations, power ballads, and you know, the Sony eighties, seventies, sixties, Motown jams, funk. Yeah, I remember the funk
4: one. Yeah, apparently it was ninety eight. Mm. So it was a few years after. But there was a bit of a resurgence in the nineties of funk music.
0: Right. So yeah, we talked about the diner scene, the needle drop. because so we can do our first clip, right? With Jules and Vincent in the car. Yeah. Vincent just got back from Amsterdam.
4: I know uh, later he was there for three years
5: <laughs> a long time.
4: his his car his his vintage Chevy Malibu was in storage for three years and in five days it got scratched. got keyed. I bet you Butch did it. <laughs>
5: <I can laughs>
0: yeah, talk that's with sort of, a man's
5: car
4: like that.
0: <laughs> I think that was was that in one of the deleted scenes. I can't remember. I know I know that scene with Eric Stoltz is much longer, uh, where he's talking about his car getting keyed. But I think that's one of those like fan uh, fan fiction type deals or theories that it was Butch that keyed his car. And I thought maybe Tarantino confirmed it or something. So that's what happened. But, I don't
4: remember if I've seen the, any deleted scenes. It's been a long time. Uh, I didn't watch any recently, but it would have happened probably after their confrontation at the bar, yeah. where Vincent says to Butch, "Not your friend, Palooka. Mm-hmm. Get <laughs> out of here, Punchy." Mm-hmm.
0: Yep, yeah. because yeah, he like talks about it. The, yeah, the the morning of him going to take mia wallace out that's when he goes to get the drugs so that's when he's talking about his car getting keyed so i forget how far in the future what does he say i got to take uh the boss's wife out next week is that what he said
5: tomorrow i think tomorrow it's pretty quick yeah
4: i don't think it was the day they dropped the the case off i think it was the day after they dropped the case off well, no, they, they dropped the case off the day they got it. So, yeah, it was the day after they dropped the case off.
0: Uh, all right, so here's the, the first clip.
8: Okay, so tell me again about the hash bar. Okay, what you want to know? Yeah, it's just legal, man, right? Yeah, it's legal, but it ain't
7: 100% legal. I mean, you just can't walk into a restaurant, roll the joint, and start puffing away. I mean, they want you to smoke in your home or certain designated places.
8: And those are hash
7: bars. Yeah, it breaks down like this, okay. It's, it's legal to buy it, it's legal to own it, and if you're the proprietor of a hash bar, it's legal to sell it. It's legal to carry it, but 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 that doesn't matter, cause get a load of this, all right? If you get stopped by a cop in Amsterdam, it's illegal for them to search you. I mean, that's the right that cops in Amsterdam don't have.
8: <laughs> oh, man, I'm going. That's all it is to <laughs> it, I'm fucking going. No, baby, you think it the most.
7: But you know what the funniest thing about Europe is? What? It's a little different, geez. I mean, they got the same shit over there that they got here, but it's just it's just there. It's a little different. Example. All right, well, you can walk into a movie theater in Amsterdam and buy a beer. And I don't mean just like a no paper cup. I'm talking about a glass of beer. And in Paris, you can buy a beer in McDonald's. And you know what they call a, a quarter pounder with cheese uh, in Paris? They don't call it a quarter pounder with cheese? Oh, man, they got the metric system. They wouldn't know what the fuck a quarter pounder is. And what do they call it?
1: They call it uh, Royale with cheese. Royale with cheese?
7: That's right. What do they call a Big Mac? Big Mac's a Big Mac, but they call it Le Big Mac. Le Big Mac. <laughs> <laughs> what do they call a I don't know. I didn't go on a Burger
4: King. Well, he talks, too, about you You can go to the movies and get a beer, a real beer in a glass. Mm-hmm. You can in America now, pretty standard.
5: Well, they were talking about smoking hash too, and how that was just an Amsterdam thing. But <laughs> you know, California was one of, the, one of the first things that pioneered that actually, you know, they might have had medical marijuana legalized right around that time too in California,
0: right? And now, in uh, you you live in Colorado, I do, and that was kind of the On the forefront one of the first states to kind of legalize it uh can you get weed seltzers or kind know, weed products at movie theaters
5: not at theaters no Hmm. they don't have like they don't have like a cafe or anything like that where you can smoke at like a bar like you would drink alcohol you know it's uh it's all to go I would have thought they had the THC seltzers, though. I think you can buy them, but you got to, you know, do it at your own house or whatever.
0: Mm. Okay. That makes yeah. sense.
5: But uh, Colorado is pretty liberal as far as, like, THC. They have all the different products. They don't really have limits on, uh, you know, THC content on anything, like, pretty, pretty wide open.
0: Mm-hmm because uh different local weed companies several of them have come to the theater asking if we want to sell thc seltzers and whatnot and obviously we've never taken them up on their offer but and i don't i don't see them around here either but i would i would have thought in uh, colorado or california or something that certain theaters would have thc seltzers but
5: yeah i'm surprised we don't but uh i don't I don't think they legalized you know different spots in public where you could do it yet mm-hmm. um I know Minnesota just legalized it like are they allowing that there like would you even be legally well, allowed to serve that
0: well the the funny thing is uh before it was legalized in August, kind of across the board, it was kind of kind of the wild west the past couple of years because yeah. the people that were trying to sell us the THC drinks were saying that you didn't even need a special license for it. Like you did like, you know, you sell alcohol, you need a liquor license. You didn't need a special license for weed. You could sell it out of a ice cream truck.
5: Are they selling it out their trunk or they have one of those trench coats where they open it up and they're like, <laughs> yeah. what do you want? <laughs> you could
0: basically do that. And then after it was even legalized, like especially Minneapolis and other cities, they weren't sure how they were going to regulate it yet. So, yeah. like, they pulled everything from the shelves, and you couldn't get it for a while until, like, the city decided something. And then they put it back on the shelf. and It's just been kind of weird over the past couple of months. But I'm not sure what the rules are right now, but I'm sure Minnesota is going to require you to have some sort of a license to sell it. I there's a, there's the an problem. age limit, so you have to be 21. Yeah.
5: But. Yeah, yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll pull those regulations in and then they'll up the taxes so they can get their cut out of it and say how mm-hmm. they're so cool that they legalized it finally and we're hit now in Minnesota. hmm
4: Well, speaking of cash-heavy businesses, <laughs> since uh, most banks won't accept money from people whose primary business is selling marijuana, even in states where it's legal, that would be a good business to hold up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed
5: yeah if you're
4: you're looking for some surprised more of them
5: don't get robbed out here
4: yeah if you're looking for a place that's cash heavy uh that's gonna be low on the hero factor
5: you know i thought i heard they were changing the schedule of marijuana from one to like three and i wonder if that would allow them to you know start using banks and taking debit and credit cards finally
4: yeah at at a federal level i think it would um I, I remember hearing that being proposed recently, too, but I don't think that anything has officially happened with it yet.
5: Yeah, I don't think so either, but it, was, it sounded like it was coming finally. Because right now it's in the same schedule as, like, Coke and heroin. <laughs> yeah,
4: <laughs> it is. Actually, I think some of that stuff, like, I think crystal meth might even be in a lower uh, schedule. That, than Mar- that Obama. one too? Yeah. There's, yeah. there's some in the... In the the number two category that are like way worse than marijuana and like known to be way worse but for some reason they just have not changed the marijuana um you know the categorization yet
0: uh speaking of cash heavy businesses i don't know if i just never noticed or never thought about it that marcellus's bar is a strip club is it (laughs) i didn't notice that either because watching it this time, I saw at least two different poles going up and down. And this uh lot of low tables. Uh, I think I saw maybe a stage in the background, but like going through the bar, like the, when the camera's panning over, I see at least two poles.
4: You know, the, the
5: yeah, typical stripper pole. That would make like, it oh, easier yeah. for him to launder money too, running yeah. that business.
4: Of course, they're only in there at like 10 a.m.
0: Yeah, it's the thing. That's why like nobody's there because it's a strip club and it's the morning. So you can just I think I mentioned this on a previous episode, but when I was a kid and I saw this, I was always like, Why the hell is Butch trying to buy apples at the bar? <laughs> <laughs> Give me a pack of red apples. I'm like, why is he getting apples at a bar?
5: For a dollar twenty-five. <laughs> what kind of
4: bar sells apples? And some matches. What's he doing with those matches?
5: <laughs> they never actually show the apples after that, though. Like, that's yeah. the only time the apples come up. They don't show them bring it back to the apartment or hotel or wherever. Well,
0: you you do see red apple cigarettes at Jackrabbit Slims when Mia takes out her pack and says yep. she starts to take one out and she's like, could you roll me one of those, cowboy? I mean, I'm sure it's in that scene with Butch, but the only time I actually remember seeing the pack itself is probably the, the Jackrabbit Slims. So yeah, it's not shown too often, but uh, I think it's also shown again. And I mean, they red apple cigarettes is synonymous with the, you know, Tarantino universe and it comes up in other films mm. as well. And Rick Dalton does a, an ad in Once upon a time in Hollywood, right? For red, red apple cigarettes.
4: I think so. Was it red apple? Yeah. I remember the
5: ad.
0: Yeah, the soundtrack for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood I bought and it comes with a lot of the radio ads. One is for mug rip beer, which is pretty cool. And I think one a is, lot of
4: those were legit ads.
0: Yeah, one of them's for I think a class reunion at one of the high schools. <laughs> Just a lot of random stuff. It's
4: it's uh, pretty fun. There's one for the uh, Illustrated Man movie. have seen. it's not that good, but it's uh interesting.
0: Uh, so let's try and wrap up the, I guess the scene at the apartment. We've kind of talked about it here and there. I guess we can go back to the case. Do you think it has Marcellus Wallace's soul in
4: it? Do you think that's what it is? It's got a soul. (laughs) That's what it is. So he's wearing that bandaid on his neck. (laughs) Not because he cut himself shaving. uh that's uh i don't know like what does a soul look like and how does it fit in a briefcase yeah
0: (laughs) i've never really cared what's in the briefcase because that's not the point of the film to me so yeah it's probably better
4: that they they keep it uh secret like that but uh yeah i don't know it's something that that uh Glows, obviously. Yeah,
5: everyone looks so amazed when they look in the case. They're like, whoa. They get all big-eyed and speechless.
4: When Pumpkin sees it, or Ringo, he says, is that what I think it is? Yeah, it is. Yeah. So obviously, it's something pretty famous.
0: You know, it could be. Could be a MacGuffin <laughs> for their golden color.
4: I think they've done a behind-the-scenes where they actually show it's just a light bulb in there. I can see that picture. Yeah. It's like the refrigerator. When you open it up, it turns on. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you put like a low watt bulb in it or something. Or...
4: Yeah. They couldn't do it today because they only have them LED and uh, compact fluorescence. You don't get that soft golden glow without the incandescent <laughs> bulbs of yesterday.
5: Damn light pollution.
0: <laughs> uh, we can go to our next clip. Which is, of course, the infamous Ezekiel 2517 speech and uh, back and forth between Jules and Brett.
8: What does Marcellus Wallace look like? What? What country are you from?
1: What? What, what ain't no country I ever heard of. They speak English and what? A bitch! No! Then why you try to fuck him like a bitch, Brett? He did Yes, you did. Yes, you did,
8: Brett. You tried to fuck him. No. No. my son, no. Wallace, don't like to be fucked by anybody except Mrs. Wallace. You read the Bible, uh, Brett. Yes. Oh, there's this passage I got memorized. Sort of fits this occasion. Ezekiel 25, 17. The path of the righteous man is beset.
1: vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers and you will know my name is the lord when i lay my vengeance upon thee
4: what, what? <laughs> back in the day there was uh somebody spliced together that scene with uh, Dave Chappelle's Lil John, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have heard that. Maybe what? <laughs> what well, ain't no country that I've ever heard of. <laughs> They speak English and what? What?
5: <laughs> I think it was Snoop Dogg and 50 Cent did the uh song Oh No with that is their intro as well.
0: Yeah, <laughs> people were just copying Chappelle and this dueling Lil John's.
4: <laughs> okay
0: <laughs> little john calls little john <laughs>
4: <laughs> they're calling me i was gonna mention when we were talking about the uh the european differences i think you posted i can't remember where you posted it eric there was like a uh, mad tv sketch where it was like burt reynolds was playing Jules or uh it was like burt reynolds in pulp fiction and they were doing that scene where they're like uh oh, you know what uh you know what they call a quarter pounder in in france yeah they, they call it a royale with cheese and then he goes what the fuck is this movie about hamburgers <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> that is, is such a good sketch <laughs> fucking norm
4: because that's one of the uh the things that tarantino gets praised and co- complains about is like his movie characters don't talk about shit that's happening in the movie they just have like mm-hmm. quote-unquote regular conversations and there's uh i guess some people have a oh opinion well, that, on what's a, a regular conversation and what's bullshit for the movies
5: that that reminds me backtracking to that scene is that they ended that by dissing burger king because they're like what's a Whopper in France? He's like, I don't know. I didn't go to Burger King.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's called uh, Royal (laughs) cheese. I love Norm's bird impression is so fucking funny. But yeah, I've uh, watched that sketch. It came out, I think on reels on Facebook or something recently. But yeah, and his Quentin impression is pretty funny too, which is even more strange because You know, Norm famously didn't really even like doing impressions on Saturday Night Live. He just kind of wanted to do the news. And, you know, they're like, well, you need to do characters, (laughs) characters. (laughs) But, you know, when he did do some, he was really good. He did a good Marv Alberts. Obviously, he had a great Bob Dole, Burt Reynolds, the Tarantino, and also other sketches that were good where he didn't do an impression at all, like the Sylvester Stallone one. (laughs) There's another one where uh, I think Matthew Perry was hosting and he was teaching a class and it's called Sarcasm 101. And so he was just being sarcastic. And Norm played this student that was just so dumb he could not grasp the concept and he was just failing miserably at it. But yeah, rest in peace. Hey, say Quentin, is this uh soul picture about burgers or what? <laughs>
4: I did see something recently, too, that uh, I don't know if this is made up or not, but there's some uh, quote uh, that may or may not be true that uh, Quentin Tarantino says he doesn't have a foot fetish. That's just good filmmaking.
0: Yeah, apparently he, he talked about that on his his podcast, I think. And um, yeah, I don't think it was satire. I think it was from his podcast. I read the article as well, but I guess... To be 100% sure, I'd have to listen to that specific episode. I only listen to certain episodes.
4: So he wrote a whole scene about foot massages mm-hmm. and then when he first sees Mia Wallace it's a close-up on her feet and then uh, he wrote uh, From Dust Till Dawn a character for himself where Selma Hayek's whole foot goes in his mouth and then the, mm. she pours uh, a drink down her leg into his mouth via her foot.
0: Well, how else do you make tequila taste good?
4: (laughs) (laughs) That's why he tickled. uh, Was it Rosario Dawson's feet? No, it was. uh, Was it the cheerleader? I forget. He he tickled some feet in Death Proof.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was. And that was yeah, that was him. It was supposed to be Kurt Russell, but yeah, it was Tarantino's finger. (laughs) (laughs) At least some of the the shots
4: just right. Yeah, let's do another take
5: i don't have a problem it's not my fetish I swear
4: it's just good filmmaking it's good
0: directing I tell you <laughs> uh so <laughs> Marcellus and Vincent both shoot Brett dead Jules had already killed a flock of seagulls man in the back pops out unloads six rounds and completely misses both of them
4: yeah you know, see in the you know, what's wrong with this movie? Well, the holes were already in the wall behind them when he popped out. It's like, who fucking <laughs> cares?
0: <laughs> so yeah, they kill him. And for some reason, they don't kill Marvin.
4: Well, Marvin was Jules's friend, apparently. They had known each other. Like, he was the only one that he knew in the, in the room. So there's some kind of connection there.
0: But where do they... Where is that known? They, uh...
4: They mention it before they uh, pull Marvin out of the apartment with them when they leave.
0: I don't know what you're referencing. Because I remember like when Because he...
4: Vincent's like, you know this guy? He says, yeah, he's my friend. And he says, well, Marvin, why didn't you tell us there was somebody in the bathroom? He was like, oh. he was, like so nervous and shit. He couldn't answer him. So they, they pulled him out. They were going to take him with them.
0: I don't know. I guess I didn't get that vibe because earlier, you know, I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I mean, he already yells at him for trying to tell him.
4: Yeah, it's when they come back after like doing the Vincent and uh, Marcel's wife and the gold watch. It's at the beginning of the Bonnie situation segment,
0: but um, yeah, so cuts to Vincent and Mia Wallace and their night out. But uh, it begins with him going to get drugs at Eric Stoltz's place.
4: Well, it's, it starts at the bar, actually. With That's French. right.
0: Yeah. The rest goes That's down a... in the fifth. That's right, yeah. I guess, is that, uh,
4: we have a clip for that? I think so, maybe.
5: I don't remember. That sting is your pride. Yeah. Like, learn to ignore it.
4: It's Fuck pride. <laughs> yeah, we so, do yeah. have a clip for that.
2: I think you're going find when all this shit is over and done. I think you're gonna find yourself one smiling motherfucker. Thing is, Butch, right now, you got ability. But painful as it may be, ability don't last. And your days are just about over. Now that's a hard motherfucking fact of life. That's a fact of life your ass is going to have to get realistic about. See, this business is filled to the brim with unrealistic motherfuckers. Motherfuckers who thought their ass would age like wine. If you mean it turns to vinegar, it does. If you mean it gets better with age, it don't size, Butch. How many fights do you think you got in you anyway? Two? Boxers don't have an old times thing. You came close, but you never made it. And if you were going to make it, you would have made it before now.
4: Luca, a.k.a. Punchy.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, and at this point, Vincent and Jules just got back from their volleyball game and they're in the bar. And <laughs> Butch and Vincent exchange pleasantries. Jules goes over to deliver the case. Uh, Butch leaves with his red apples, and and yeah.
4: I think Jules went to the toilet. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Because Marcellus calls Vincent over. Mm-hmm. And then they cut. And then it's Vincent at Lance's house buying heroin. And Lance goes on his big spiel about why the one is more expensive than the others. A yep. bad man.
0: He's like, hey, I just got back from Amsterdam. <laughs> <laughs> this is a seller's market. Those are fair prices. I wrote down my notes. I I just think it's kind of funny that uh, Lance is like, you know, Coke is dead. Coke is like fucking dead, man. Yeah. And I just think it's funny that to think of drugs as as being fashionable or not fashionable given the what what time it is business yeah i just think it's funny that they ever thought about like oh coke that's so 80s or that's that's passe you know nobody does coke anymore what is this (laughs) the
5: fucking 80s in in la i believe it because you know like it was like marijuana and speed and then 80s Mm -hmm. was coke and then 90s was you know grunge and heroin yeah. so i could and see th- that
0: this is the same year cobain died and you know heroin was heroin was in the mainstream pretty much heroin Ooh. chic right all yeah. the bottles looked anorexic uh heroin was was chic you are correct there i guess like nowadays like people probably look down on meth you know there's like yeah. a, oh, that's a white trash yeah. drug you know probably like equivalent to like crack cocaine and people probably look down at it like, it's, oh, it's, you know, it's not, not as pure, it's cheap. It's this or that.
4: I heard crack was presidential. <laughs> <laughs> it's
5: magical, it magically transports too.
0: <laughs> there, yeah. There does seem to be a lot of occurrences with not just presidents, but other politicians, mayors, President's sons. Uh, well, there was that one mayor of Toronto crack. that was
5: a big crackhead. Yep.
0: And then the, yeah, the DC crackhead. mayor was that big DC mayor. Yeah. Uh, was it yeah. Barry? Marion Barry or something? Marion or something. Barry in the 90s.
4: That Toronto oh. mayor was like the antithesis of the <laughs> stereotypical crack user because he was about 350 pounds. He was like the Chris Farrow. Hungry of crack all time.
5: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
4: Although on Dark Side of the Ring, when they did the uh, Adrian Adonis episode, they explained how being hooked on cocaine could make you gain weight because it's appetite suppressant and you don't eat. And then when you come down, you're just starving. So you eat everything. Mm -hmm. And then uh, basically you binge and then uh, that's how you gain the weight back because he he put on like 300 pounds. Yeah. Yeah, he, well, that's why you're supposed like to cut cocaine. it with
0: laxative, you know, that sort of help <laughs> you poop. Don't you know anything about doing coke? Come on. <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, I can't say I've ever done heroin, but 300 and 500 grams sounds kind of ridiculous.
0: Yeah, I guess I don't have any concept of how much a gram of heroin would be. I mean, because I haven't done it either. I mean, I know, I guess. A ballpark of like what a gram of weed would be but that's a lot different because that's you know flower versus a, a powder yeah the weight would be a lot different so I don't know maybe a gram is like a decent amount I mean you see the baggie he gets
5: but I guess because technically You buy three You bought three grams
0: that's right he says uh, what three he says three a man man
5: yeah yeah but uh I would I would think it'd be more around to like a hundred a gram you know that, that would be what my guess would be but again, I don't know. These are these are yuppie <laughs> prices in LA, exactly. though. So. they will do the Pepsi
0: challenge with that other shit any
4: time of day. Yeah, these, these, are, the, these are friend prices. Those are friend prices. <laughs> <laughs> these are <laughs> my How, own personal stash. You're getting a deal today. <laughs> I look out for my friends. Yeah. it's interesting that he'll, he'll shoot up in his house too.
0: Mikasa, Sukasa. Well,
4: they're they're friends too. Not only did he shoot up, but then he he immediately got in his car and drove to Mia Wallace's house.
5: That was a great montage.
0: <laughs> I can't imagine just doing that, and then because it's it's an important job. He's he's supposed to be driving the boss man's wife around. Like you think you'd want to be coherent?
5: Yeah. Well, and- from watching like heroin related movies like Basketball Diaries, the point of heroin is to get as close to death without actually dying. So to do that and then drive makes zero sense to me.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Well, for him to even be mobile, you know, that soon after shooting up seems unusual compared to other things I've seen that depict heroin use. Usually like you're in bed for the next several hours.
5: Right. Yeah. Just sitting there.
4: Like in that, that breaking bad episode where he where Walt watched uh Jesse's girlfriend Od. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: it's just funny how drugs just drift in and out of popularity. But uh so he goes and picks up Mia, he, he shows up very very out of it.
5: Yeah, that's what I noted. Shows up loaded.
4: <laughs> Meanwhile, Mia is snorting cocaine all night she's still on the coke mm-hmm
5: and
0: uh they go to Jackrabbit slims I remember my uh my DVD came with a, a menu for Jackrabbit slims
4: yeah I got that oh, nice. too I I got that one too and I think the somebody stole edition. it because
0: uh, yeah I remember after a while I didn't have the menu anymore
4: I'm not sure what I did with mine it was on my uh, bedroom wall at home and uh it's not a on any of my walls now. <laughs> so it's somewhere <laughs> in storage. <laughs>
2: yeah. I don't, it didn't
4: make it back mm-hmm. to the uh, DVD case. Right. Well, that was pretty sweet because they had like the whole menu on there. Like, you could mm-hmm. see all the different items on there. See the $5 milkshakes, which sound like a steal of a deal today.
5: Yeah. Right. Cause you got a glass and the little extra little container for the refill.
4: Yeah. The cast
0: that they have for all the uh, all the celebrity look likes at Jackrabbits were just perfect. Ed Sullivan sounded just like Ed Sullivan, you know, James Dean looked just like James Dean. You got Monroe, and
4: there's two Monroe
0: Jane Mansfield, no, Mamie Van Dorn. And <laughs> I love the throwaway line too. He's like, I don't see Jane Mansfield, so she must have the night off or something.
4: <laughs> <laughs> He's never been there, he just assumes that she works there, <laughs> yeah buddy
0: holly and
4: i i do like when uh when she's like which one there's two monroses like, no that one's mamie van hoorn <laughs> like, <laughs> like he knows everybody he's, he's an elvis, an elvis man. man yeah that's true that's true well i like this is another movie where they had a midget like working the uh like showing people their tables and stuff Okay, I wrote that
0: down because I I was I thought maybe you guys could explain it to me. What is he yelling, and what is that in reference to?
4: I don't know what he was yelling. What was he yelling? I
0: don't know. As he's walking away, it's it's almost like he's announcing something.
4: Oh, I, I didn't uh, didn't pay attention to what that was. Okay.
5: Yeah, I don't. I can't recall either.
0: So we hope you enjoy your meals here at Jack Rabbit Slams. Thank you. What do you think it seems pretty purposeful because this is right after vincent and me had sat down and they're kind of i can't remember if they're looking at the menus but they're not talking because i think they're just kind of getting the bearings but you know the what was first, the, midget
5: guy, the, yeah, the, little the guy that yeah the little guy walks
0: off and he yells almost like almost like akin to like uh, uh a train uh worker or conductor saying all aboard he's saying something in almost in that vein like he's announcing something. I
5: kind of remember. But I thought it was someone from a different table looking for their food, maybe. No, I'd have to it... watch again to know for sure, though. Yeah, yeah I don't, watch I don't it again.
0: Listeners, let me know what the little guy is saying. Because the camera's trained on him, too. He's walking away from the camera, and then he cuts to the right, I think.
4: I mean, the he might have been calling cut. for the waiter. You know, like, a oh, new table, come get your table.
0: That could be it. Yeah. Announcing a new table.
5: Maybe. Call Buddy Holly over.
0: They reserved a
4: car,
5: by the way. (laughs) Green Chrysler. Oh, a car. (laughs) I like it was a whole different list. and That old guy looked like he was like half dead.
4: (laughs) It might have been the real Ed Sullivan. Who knows? Yeah, (laughs) He wasn't doing anything in 94.
5: Hey-oh.
0: Have you guys watched the (laughs) the behind-the-scenes of them filming the dancing scene?
5: No.
4: Because Quentin's dancing along with him, and he's just god awful. (laughs) I bet. But if I've seen it, it was years ago. I I don't recall. Maybe I'll tweet it. He was just happy that uh,
5: uh... Uma took her shoes off for that scene.
4: (laughs) It was interesting that they both took their shoes off. But, you know, the big deal was, oh, John Travolta, he's going to dance for the first time since Saturday Night Fever. He's going to dance. Well, that's a lie
0: because I saw him in Perfect, and he was thrusting quite a bit.
4: He was also staying <laughs> alive, so
0: was this his comeback though?
4: Which I always hear that like was he uh, really that down in the dumps in the eighties? Kind of. I mean,
0: Perfect was kind of in the middle of his downward trajectory, I'd say. You know, because he had staying alive, which is a bomb, didn't do well. Uh, he didn't have much of a note. And then you think late 80s or early 90s, rather, he had the, the look who's talking movies, which are popular, but that's pretty much all he had. In fact, let's bring up his filmography here. At least to be taken as a serious actor. This is this is right. what brought him back. It wasn't Look Who's Talking. It's the straight up. <laughs> yeah, he didn't okay. do a,
4: a ton. So you had like urban cowboy urban cowboy blowout and the staying alive
6: mm-hmm and
4: then two of a kind did some uh olivia newton john music videos perfect was in 85 yeah did some he did a Jermaine jackson music video
0: did a tv yeah. movie in 87 called basements
4: yep 89 the experts so like he wasn't even doing that much work yeah so
0: i think perfect and uh because perfect was not well received either it shouldn't have been, and it wasn't, but uh, yeah, it was after Staying Alive kind of blew out. He followed or, up Pulp um,
4: Fiction with White Man's Burden. Out. You ever seen White Man's Burden?
0: <laughs> no, I've just heard it discussed by Jack Torrance.
4: You just experience it every day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I forget, Look Who's Talking was actually
4: 89, the first one. I've never even heard of this movie, White Man's Burden, but the, the synopsis is, in an, in an alternative America where African-Americans and white Americans have reverse cultural roles, a white factory worker kidnaps a black factory owner for dismissing him over perceived disdain. Sounds interesting. Harry Belfonti's in there.
0: Once Pulp Fiction brought him back, he w- went on a hell of a run. At least of popularity. Yeah. Yet Shorty was the next year. He was the the bad guy in Broken Arrow. And he did a couple of those like faith type films with the phenomenon. And Michael did Face Off, of course. Primary Colors that was another popular one. He's in the Thin Red Line, but you know everyone's in that movie, but not for very long. So <laughs> right, it's not like it's a John Travolta film. Civil Action I kind of remember General's Daughters where it starts to go downhill. I mean, in terms of his. His career at the time because then after that it was Battlefield Earth and then it was over.
4: <laughs> and then uh Swordfish.
0: Well, was, I gotta was say, nice
5: I one. I was a fan yeah. of Swordfish. I like yeah. that one.
0: It was a bomb when it came out, though. It it didn't meet expectations box office-wise, and the critics trashed it, it as like uh you know a matrix wannabe, which it was, but I mean I enjoyed it. I mean, who doesn't want to see Hugh Jackman get blown while he's trying to hack into the CIA? <laughs> <laughs> It seems like so, a fun uh, premise for a scene.
5: Well, then Halle Berry topless as well in yeah. another scene.
4: For art. It was for art. So Hugh Jackman and a dude are going at it? or uh... <laughs> <laughs> No, it's a woman that's blowing him. Oh, so he's but, doing it. He's playing a character. But
5: he's, do- uh, tra- but he's doing it in front of Travolta. To, so. tra- yeah, Travolta had a gun to his head while he was getting blown, and he was trying to, like, <laughs> rate code to hack into something. I forget what it was exactly. The government
4: and I this is Travolta. I, I need to watch that sometime. This is Travolta with the long hair. Of course, Travolta is in the room.
5: Yeah. Wasn't Don Cheadle in that one, too?
0: Yeah. It's like Cheadle. a
5: cop uh, or investigator. Yeah.
0: Domestic Disturbance, Punisher, Ladder 49, Basic. Be Cool, that kind of failed sequel to Get Shorty.
4: I just really watch Basic the other week. That, is, that still holds up.
0: Yeah, I liked it a lot um, when I was a kid. But then the more I thought about it, I was like, well, the whole everything they show you in the movie is just a big lie. They're just fucking
2: with you. They're just fucking with you.
4: That's the point. I trust John (laughs) McTiernan. Didn't he kill somebody with his car? No, he was just
0: in jail for tax
4: evasion, right? (laughs) (laughs) What's this gap in your resume?
0: Hanging out with Wesley Snipes in the in the Clink.
4: Are they still complaining that John Travolta played the uh, that role in Hairspray? Like that should have gone to a gay actor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> those Maybe those yells have quieted to whispers.
4: <laughs> Never mind.
5: Well, when did uh, Travolta finally admit he was bald and uh, wears a wig? Because sometimes he likes to be in like the t-mobile commercials now bald but then like when he goes out he'll put his toupee on
4: there was some uh paparazzi photo of him with a buzzed haircut one day and then the next day he showed up at some uh, award ceremony and he had his hair grown out
5: right and he yeah. got
4: he was outed and then after that he just started shaving his head
5: so he he fought against it for a, a year or two at least. Before it <laughs> oh, it, came. it was
4: it was many years. <laughs> it was many years.
0: It's funny seeing Bruce Willis's real hairline in this film.
4: Yeah, this is it's, before he did the the, the uh, plugs. Yeah, I mean this is before.
0: Because he, he definitely has more hair in Die Hard with a Vengeance than the following year.
4: Yes, I will say before we recorded, I watched the recent John Travolta Bruce Willis. Movie Paradise City from twenty twenty
5: two.
4: Bruce looks way older than John in that movie. Oh, <laughs> that's
5: a well. Shame. Bruce got some disease now and had to retired. it's very sad. It. He's uh, got dementia. Yeah, I think that's why I did like a thousand straight to DVD movies or straight to digital movies. I should say now.
4: Although Bruce Willis is only one year younger than John Travolta. Hmm. That's surprising. I always thought Travolta was a lot older.
5: Well, he started in the 70s. So, I mean, that was 50 years ago.
4: Right. But Bruce Willis didn't. Bruce Willis started later.
5: Yeah. I thought,
4: I thought Travolta had like a 10 year head start on him.
0: Back to the Jackrabbit Slims. I did want to mention there's another blinking, you'll miss it. But if you notice, there's uh, a guy with a guitar singing as they walk in. Yes. It's supposed to be Ricky Nelson. Yeah, actor singer famous for being in real bravo which is probably why Quentin put him in this film because real bravo is his favorite film basically so
4: is that actually ricky nelson
0: no it's a you know look alike but it's i mean in real bravo ricky nelson's a kid and he looks like he's about the same age and in, in uh pulp fiction so it's i mean he would have been probably in the 70s i guess i don't even know how long he lived let's see well then
4: didn't didn't he give birth to the band nelson Gary Sherrell played him in the movie he died young uh age 45 in 1985
0: so he would have been you know almost 50 or i mean almost 55 when pulp fiction came out Uh, december 31st 80 or is when he died so new year's eve 85 but uh yeah born eric hillard nelson Hilliard nelson so went by ricky Is that allowed like could you go by ricky uh, i guess <laughs> uh, so he's listed as a performer for pulp fiction so they might have used his his song as a you know this had the guy lip sync
4: well I, I looked at the guys imdb who played him and it says uh he's currently performing as ricky nelson and bobby darren at 279 Young Street in Toronto, Ontario, M five B one nine eight, area code 416-364-5200. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when that was put in there, but maybe that's his house. I don't know. It doesn't even say the name of the uh the establishment. It's just got an address and a phone number
0: so let's uh progress the plot a little bit we got another clip coming up between mia and vincent at jackrabbit slims
4: uh talking about her pilot fox force five there's quite a uh long dialogue between the two but uh yep
7: yeah. i heard you did a pilot
9: that was my 15 minutes what was it it was a show about a team of female secret agents called fox force five what? Fox Force Five. Fox is in we're a bunch of foxy chicks. Force as in we're a force to be reckoned with. And five is in there's one, two, three, four, five of us. There was a blonde one, Somerset O'Neill. She was a leader. The Japanese fox was a kung fu master. The black girl was a demolition expert. French fox's specialty was sex.
7: What was your specialty?
9: Knives. I played Raven McCoy. Her background was she grew up raised by circus performers. According to the show, she was the deadliest woman in the world with a knife. And she knew a zillion old jokes her grandfather, an old vaudevillian, taught her. And if we would have got picked up, it would have worked in a gimmick where every show I would have told another joke.
7: you know any animal jokes?
9: Well, and we got the chance to say one, because we only did one show. Tell me. It's corny.
7: Don't be that way. Tell me.
9: No, you wouldn't like it, and I'd be embarrassed.
7: You'd be You told, like, 50 million people, and you can't tell me? I promise I won't laugh.
9: That's what I'm afraid of, Vince.
7: That's not what I meant. You know it.
9: Well, now I'm definitely not going to tell you, because it's been built up too much. (sighs) What
7: a jib.
4: Earlier in the movie, Vincent had explained what a TV pilot was to Jules. <laughs> uh, he doesn't you watch are TV. aware
5: of this thing called television, right? <laughs> I don't have a TV. And on it, and on it, they show shows.
4: <laughs> you you are aware, right? You know these things exist. Uh, before I forget,
0: there's uh, more similarities between this and Pulp Fiction. I wanted to point out because this kind of like just solidified Quincy's style. Pulp Sorry, what did I say?
4: <laughs> you said there's similarities between this and Pulp Fiction.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, there, uh, there is. Bill Bill. <laughs> there is. Uh, no, this and Reservoir Dogs, because this just kind of solidified his, you know, his, Quentin's style. But also, you get uh, another bathroom scene where a character is talking to himself in the mirror. You get a famous uh, bathroom scene in Reservoir Dogs, also Tim Roth talking to himself in the mirror. And then you get uh john travolta talking about that as well here
4: well i like the scene where mia goes to the bathroom to powder her nose i said
5: god damn (laughs) god damn in front of like (laughs) 10 other girls
0: (laughs) she's just powdering her nose (laughs) but obviously the the trunk shots the rotating camera shots it's got everything
4: got the long uh tracking shot later of butch going back to get his watch
0: mm-hmm. but uh yeah we uh we come to the the dance competition mia wants to win that trophy and they go up there and the the famous dancing scene just hit him with the twist fast song slow song <laughs> never fails they do the
4: twist they do the monkey they do the uh the batman the whatever uh Adam swim West. Clearly they won because they took the trophy home.
5: <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah. Well, how do you follow that? Apparently you
5: don't. Maybe they're the only ones that uh danced. <laughs> One by default. <laughs> can't
4: can't follow it up.
5: Because they it's came back possible. home and they were still kinda like dancing and shit. Like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like they never stopped. Maybe they never finished their food either.
4: Yeah, because they went up in the middle of the meal
0: uh vincent has his conversation with himself in the mirror in the bathroom convincing himself he's gonna drink his drink be polite but then go home and jerk off and that's all he's gonna do meanwhile mia found the madman heroin in his pocket thinks it's coke something to snort which is a uh, bad idea
5: gave herself a, a speedball and she didn't even know
0: and this leads to i think for me the funniest scene in the film
5: you
4: call him from a cellular telephone?
0: I don't know you. <laughs> and after he crashes the car into the the house, just the non-stop yelling for like five minutes. <laughs> and
4: uh looking for the black medical book. <laughs> what are you looking for? What are you
9: looking for? A little
1: black medical book. What are you looking for? A little black fucking medical
9: book. It's like a, a textbook they give to nurses. A book. Well, trust me, I have one. What well, was so important? Why didn't you keep with the shot? I don't know. Stop bothering me. This—what are you looking for? That girl's gonna die in our carpet. You're never gonna find anything Let
6: in this i am going to
4: Fuck out of my way. <laughs> hey, okay, we'll go shot. get the fucking book then. I would, but you keep talking to me. <laughs> Give me a, a magic marker, a felt pen, a felt, pen. A felt pen, anything what fucking magic marker i gotta stab her three times <laughs> <laughs> oh you stab her
5: once i'm not giving her a shot next time i bring a chick O.D. into your house i'll give her the shot but you're giving her a shot <laughs> never done jo- this before
0: jody's uh, the name of his wife right
5: which one's true i'm one with all the shit in her face
7: no that's jody that's my wife <laughs>
0: Like she's upstairs trying to sleep, and then she's just like going, What the hell's going on out here? She storms downstairs, and it's just oh, everything just perfect, just perfect dark comedy.
5: Well, if I saw it correctly, when he crashed in the house, the hood was all like fucked up, but like when he was driving back after, mm. it was it looked fine again.
0: Yeah, it looks like he hit the fireplace, right?
5: It's, he definitely like went through a wall, yeah. I think,
0: because there were bricks that had fallen off of the the house.
4: He
5: really yeah.
0: Billy
4: joel
5: it. Yeah, he he definitely didn't care at that point, you know, about a few scratches.
4: Lost causes. It's already been keyed. Uh, so we get the incredibly
0: tense moment of him raising the syringe and throwing it down in a stabbing motion. <laughs> Got to pierce her breastplate.
5: That was pretty good. First try.
0: Yeah. Uh, she snaps miss. right out of it she says something and uh yeah uh
5: then <laughs> there with a the needle hanging out of her chest still crisis right.
0: averted um they go home and uh mia tells vincent one of her movie drone jokes <laughs> i swear only mia, one. mia's character's uh granvillian grandfather i'm sure he told mark all of his fucking jokes
4: vaudevillian i think he's a grandvillian
0: but i thought i said vaudevillian i think he's a grandvillian
4: you'll hear it on the replay well,
0: it's her grandfather who was a who was a vaudevillian that's what it was which is a grandvillian if you think about it <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah you want to tell the? who wants to tell the joke none of us <laughs> there is three tomatoes it? there is a papa tomato a mama tomato and a baby tomato and the baby tomato is lagging behind, so the papa tomato went and he squished him, and he goes,
0: catch up. See, that's what we should have put for the out-of-context clip. Then we could have been like an episode of Movie drama with Mark <laughs> doing the stupid joke at the end. <laughs> so then we get to the Gold
4: Watch. Yep.
0: Uh, we get the prologue to the Gold Watch with Captain Coons explaining to young Butch family heirloom is going to receive the, the gold watch, how it got there. I've been told that if you pay attention to the watch, that the time changes uh, between the, or I guess, uh, yeah, during the pause, you know, the Christopher Watkins pause, you know what I'm talking about? Where he's holding it up and he pauses and then he says, it's like a five, 10 second pause. And then he says, this watch very intensely, <laughs> but it moves a little bit. Like he's moving the watch in his hand a little bit, but and then when it cuts away and cuts back, the timepiece it, it says a different time. Because people, the theory is that he's actually pausing for like I don't know, forty-five minutes or whatever the hell minutes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> However long, uh, I guess the the time switches on the watch.
5: I don't but, know. Like the only thing I noticed about that watch, it was not ticking.
0: Yeah. Like When you see it, it's basically basically it's reading uh, noon. And there's kind of a connection to that, because in the basement of, not Zed, but the spider. The
4: <laughs> Maynard, the pawn shop.
0: Maynard, yeah. In, uh, in the basement of the pawn shop, there's a shot where there's a, uh, a clock high on the wall, and the clock reads noon. Basically reads uh, the same exact time as the gold watch did.
4: Mm. I. I I don't think they paid that close attention to the the times on the clocks because Jimmy's clock in the kitchen says nine fifteen, and he says his wife comes ho- comes home in an hour and a half, and then <laughs> uh, the wolf says that uh, oh are we got to get out of there by nine thirty. Well, no, it's
5: no, so, it was eight fifteen. Uh, it, it was down. eight something
0: because was it, it was 815? she's gonna get it was
5: nine fifteen.
0: Jimmy says she's gonna get home in about an hour and a half. That's when the call was made.
5: It, it was eight fifteen. And then uh the wolf said it's thirty minutes away, I'll be there in ten, but when he got there it was eight fifty, so it was like actually thirty five minutes between Well, that's there's two and phone calls had... that
0: have to take place because they call Marcellus yeah. and then Marcellus calls the wolf. Yeah. So I guess you could say that takes twenty minutes or whatever. But I could have sworn, yeah. a, could
4: have sworn the clock said nine fifteen. But maybe it was eight fifteen. Maybe I just read it wrong.
0: Yeah, it was it was eight something.
4: I know how good my fucking coffee is. I buy
5: it. (laughs) My wife buys shit.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Another thing I didn't realize
0: I wrote down, I don't think I remember Bonnie being black. Bonnie's black, isn't she? Yep.
4: Yeah. I don't think I I noticed that I remember that one, yeah. Which is why Jimmy has an N-word pass. (laughs) 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 My wife's black. I don't have an N-word pass. Well your your wife is from Africa. <laughs> I think there's a difference. I don't know. Maybe there's not. Not for races, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> Why well, I, I don't know. Does does she use it at the in the house? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, is it no part of her doesn't. vernacular?
0: No. But you could say uh, you know, she's been in this country for something like 12, 13 years, so maybe even lo- a little longer now. now. I've been Americanized a little bit, but, yeah, she's not. Uh... Not like Yao Ming. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Yao Ming. Yao Ming got Americanized by the black NBA players, and does he need to drop a couple of N-words here and there?
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. It's There's different rules it. for people of color, so I just try yeah. and steer clear. <laughs>
4: I mean, a fat joke can say it. Why can't I?
0: <laughs> so where are we at now? Oh, okay, gold watch.
4: Up asses for seven years.
5: Seven <laughs> years. Yep.
3: Great-grandfather gave this watch to granddad for good luck. Unfortunately, Dane's luck wasn't as good as his old man's. Dane was a Marine, and he was killed, along with all the other Marines at the Battle of Wake Island. Granddad was facing death. He knew it. None of those boys had any illusions about ever leaving that island alive. So three days before the Japanese took the island, your granddad asked a gunner on an Air Force transport named Wanaki, a man he'd never met before in his life, to deliver to his infant son we'd never seen in the flesh his gold watch. Three days later, your granddad was dead, but Wanaki kept his word. After the war was over, he paid a visit to your grandmother, delivering to your infant father his dad's gold watch. This watch. This watch was on your daddy's wrist when they were shot down over Hanoi. He was captured, put in a Vietnamese prison camp. He knew that if the Gooks ever saw the watch, it would be confiscated. Taken away. The way your dad looked at it, this watch was your birthright. You'd be damned if any slope's going to put the greasy yellow hands on his boy's birthright. So he hid it. In one place he knew he could hide something, his ass. Five long years he wore this watch up his ass. Then he died of dysentery. He'd give me the watch. I hid this uncomfortable hunk of metal up my ass two years. Then, after seven years, I was sent home to my family
0: Oh, man i give the watch to you so you'll you'll notice that they kind of recreate vietnam during the, the gold watch sequence they kind of give uh, butch uh, a similar experience And when he's going to go get his watch you know he parks his car a couple blocks away he's going through the through uh he's jumping fences he's going through back alleys and looks like a almost like a war-torn area It's like the projects and everything looks like it's in ruins. It's these old dirt lots that are empty. Nothing there. I
4: forget what neighborhood the city was from, if they did.
0: But yeah, it's empty lots. You can hear, there's a a couple of parts where you can hear helicopters overhead, much like you would in Vietnam.
4: Yep. Uh,
0: They're also treated like prisoners of war uh, because they are captured and tortured. And instead of hiding a watch up your ass, you got to hide Zed. (laughs) So... There's a lot of similarities to uh, uh, Butch's father, and uh, this is what he had to go through to uh, keep the watch.
4: Do so we want to talk about the setup of? Uh, sure. He uh, kills a boxer. Not not only wins the boxing match, but he kills his opponent in the ring. Mm-hmm. Dives out a second story window to escape from the the venue where the boxing match is happening, and jumps in a taxi cab. Proceeds to change in the back of the cab.
0: That taxi cab conveniently had rear projection attached to it. I don't know how they did it, but
4: it was a little noticeable when he started smoking. (laughs) Like, you're not supposed to smoke in front of the rear projection. (laughs) The driver was really uh, interested in what's it like to kill a man? How does it feel to kill a man? Like, she was really pushing that. Mm hmm. I don't know. I didn't know he was dead until you just told me right now.
5: But now that I know, I feel nothing.
0: <laughs> don't feel the least bit bad about
4: it. <laughs> then, he, then he calls his bookie or whatever to make sure that he cashed out mm-hmm. as the unhug. Cause, uh Word got out that the, the, the fight was fixed. So all the money w- went uh, the other way. He bet on himself. He's going to go to Knoxville. He's got eight, eight bookies to collect from and he's going to meet his partner in Knoxville, Tennessee.
0: But it's money. not the kind of money they can live like fat cats though.
4: No, maybe in Bora Bora or South America. <laughs> <laughs> but not in uh not in America.
5: Well wasn't he trying to teach Fabian some Spanish too? Yeah. Back yeah. at the hotel.
4: They don't speak Spanish. They don't speak Bora Bora either. <laughs> <laughs> Bora boring. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh they uh exchanged some oral favors which takes th- a shot. Uh, uh,
4: sorry i, I always thought ahead. the uh the her monologue about wanting a uh a pot belly i thought that was a, a weird yeah inclusion
5: i'll punch you right in the belly <laughs>
4: <laughs> that's the
5: thing like it's memorable i think it's belly. funny
0: but it, it seems like it just doesn't fit like her her whole character, the, the the actress they picked for that character, it, it seems a bit off, but I still enjoy it, so I, I let it slide.
4: But yeah. And then the next morning she's gonna go get blueberry pancakes and mm-hmm. blueberry pie. And then uh Got cravings
5: already. <laughs> Maybe the pot belly was coming sooner than we thought. <laughs> I
4: think I broke my ribs, baby. From the oral pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> no no, from the fight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so when, the, when he
5: first got there, it was like she, she didn't know he was a boxer, but obviously she did. But she was like hard night at work or something like that. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, because she says, uh, he he's he asked her if you he, if she listened to the fight, because apparently the fights are only on the radio, and uh she said I never listened to your fights, so she doesn't know what happened."
6: no mm-hmm.
4: but yeah the next morning is when we find out that she didn't get the watch the one fucking thing he told her to remember
5: she forgot it well by the end of the movie butch is officially a serial killer killing three people i think by my count
4: but yeah well the one in the ring does that really count because that's in the spirit of competition you want to get charged <laughs> for that
5: uh legal. Legally, yeah that doesn't count but he did kill somebody so that's <laughs> Vince Vincent Vega, and then uh, he
4: killed Maynard, uh, Maynard, <laughs> and then uh, Zed was alive just enough to get uh, but that wasn't was
5: that wasn't Bush, that was uh, Marcellus that yeah, shot was, him in the dick with it, the shotgun.
4: He was alive just enough for Marcellus to go medieval on his ass. Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, he kills Travolta in his place, gets the drop on him because he's in the toilet once again.
4: Travolta's got the worst luck. Every time he goes to take a he's shit, somebody's taking pulls a his gun. shit
0: all the time. Yeah, yeah. He took his gun with him uh, in the diner. I guess you know it's a smaller gun, but it's not like it's. He's worried about having space in the bathroom at Butch's place. Why did he just take the gun with him?
4: Or like, like I don't think he expected
5: was... Bush to actually come sure. back. Right. Yeah. But...
4: How long was he in there? You know that. You know, I'm
5: surprised it... he didn't hear Bush open the door and he started making. Toaster, pastries, or whatever. Yeah. Um, well, of
4: course, he was in the middle of business. You know, you can't interrupt right. that.
5: <laughs> I couldn't see what he was reading. He was reading some uh, Hootie tooty" book, it looked like.
4: Yeah, I didn't know. I, I couldn't make out what it was either.
0: This all leads to flowers on the wall, another nice deep cut, and then I think the second funniest scene, which would be... <laughs> When he sees Marcellus in the street, and uh, he runs him down,
5: <laughs> he just go, he just guns <laughs> it.
4: <laughs> Marcellus, you just picked up some donuts and coffee. I mean, what mm-hmm. the hell?
0: See, so he was probably with Vincent at Butch's place. Is what I'm guessing. So like they're at, Vin- they're just waiting for him at Butch's place, and yeah. I'm gonna go get donuts and come back, and because where <laughs> else would he be going on foot?
4: I don't know, but it's funny to me that he would be getting his own donuts. You'd think he'd have a donut getter. Maybe it
0: was yeah. right
5: by his bar or strip club, you know? Because I felt like, you know, they played a lot of that song before he saw Marcellus driving. Right.
0: Well, I mean, so. he he drives like maybe two blocks. It seems.
5: Uh, I thought it was farther because he's also
0: yeah. you know he's making stops. He's a, he's at a complete stop at the uh, intersection for at least 10 seconds before Marcellus walks by, you know?
4: Yeah, because the yeah. song is playing when he starts the car, and it's still mm-hmm. playing when he comes across him.
0: Yeah.
4: That song is no more than two or three minutes long.
0: Yeah. He doesn't drive too far, but anyways, you know, he hits Marcellus, and then uh, he's in the intersection, and of course a, a car hits him, and it just it's so funny, the, the mass confusion and uh, the chaos, the, the yelling. Everyone's disoriented and uh Marcellus accidentally shoots a random bystander. And oh, she's like there's Kathy Griffin pain. as
5: herself. <laughs> <laughs>
4: if if you need a witness in court, I'll be there. I'll do it. Oh,
0: that no, guy's he's a maniac. He's dead. He's dead. <laughs> Lady is so sure he's dead. Uh which that's funny Logan that
5: Gary just shoots.
0: <laughs> pretty much the only other thing I know that actress from the, the Asian woman is uh she plays. Fuck brain fart. What's the Will Ferrell Zach Galifianakis election movie campaign campaign? Because I believe it's uh, Zach, Zach is a uh, father. You know he likes the old ways of the South, and so he always has her put on a like a old <laughs> Southern African American uh, accent, <laughs> like a mammy accent. Is <laughs> uh he pays her like an extra grand a month or something or a week to do this act yeah. yeah like, oh, she he says it reminds her reminds him of the good old days or something <laughs> so she has to answer the door with uh you know a black caricature it's pretty uh offensive but funny nonetheless
5: <laughs> yeah that's great But uh,
0: that's the only other thing i know her from
4: yeah she's done a lot of tv
0: sure but for, for a second i was like what well, was that market show because Margaret Show, you know, she dated Tarantino in the nineties as well, but I don't think he'd have two girlfriends in
4: one movie. When she was in the closet.
0: <laughs> I guess. But um, yeah, we got this chaos in the streets. Innocent people are getting maimed, and it's hilarious.
4: <laughs> I mean, to be fair, only one person got shot and it was in the leg. Oh, that was so like
0: it's, a hip. That was a hip shot. Could be, uh, could have shattered her pelvis. Maybe hit that artery right there. You never know.
4: Notice yeah. how he uh, aimed below the waist, so it's not attempted murder. <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, you can tell it's the nineties because not everyone has their cell phone out recording or calling the pol- and or calling the police yeah. immediately.
4: Well, Butch fucked himself up more than he fucked up Marcellus, though. He busted his nose, hurt his mm-hmm. leg. They end up in that pawn shop, and he pearl harbors them on his way in.
0: <laughs> yep, uh, they're of a course spider
5: caught two flies.
0: Yep, <laughs> spider caught a couple of flies, calls Zed down, uh, ties him up downstairs. Uh, of course, they bring out the gimp, which there's a whole lot of theories I, about the gimp. I forgot there.
5: he was like trapped in that cage down there. Like he was all yeah. locked up and sleeping, sleeping. in that box. Yeah. sleeping. Wake him <laughs> up.
0: <laughs> Leads to so many questions of of what all three of those uh, guys do in their spare time.
4: Is this the first time a gimp appeared in a movie? Did Tarantino make that up? I mean, that can't. He couldn't have made that up, could he? That'd be a, a real thing.
0: It had to have been some sort of like S type stuff in films before then. He probably pulled it from some, you know, 40-second straight film he saw.
4: He borrows liberally from other movies, so I'm sure he, you know, yeah, saw some grindhouse film he watched, I'm sure. I like how they tie up the gimp by the neck, and then once Butch breaks free, he just punches him, and he basically hangs.
0: <laughs> well, no, it's uh, it's one of those, uh, it's, it's connected to uh, a hoop.
5: I don't think he's choking, but he's definitely hey, he's not dangling. <laughs> He's definitely it's one of those where it's like, uh, yeah, he is dangling, but yeah, he's not. But choking. I liked when he saw Butch get up, and he's like, and his eyes got all wide. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like
4: his arms were shackled or anything. Like he could have done something, so. defended himself.
5: But he's a gimp, you know. Like, <laughs> oh, it makes sense. <laughs> that's
4: that's his thing.
0: And he's, uh, I'm sure his muscles have atrophied <laughs> in the cage for so long.
4: Well, they do the uh, the original version of "Eeny, Meeny, Miney, Mo." Mm-hmm. Zed does
0: <laughs> the uh, "Song of the South" version.
4: <laughs> Is that going to be in the hundred uh, Disney movie collection <laughs> yeah. that's coming out?
0: The, that was a good uh, tweet by Walter. <laughs> it's a fun follow. That was a movie dweller on Twitter. On X, I believe
4: so. Yes. He started the uh, Restore the Snyderverse, Snyderverse movement.
0: That's right. Never forget. It's
4: 9-11 today. Never forget. <laughs> it's Remembrance Day.
5: <laughs> well, I saw DraftKings had a 9-11 special. If all <laughs> the New York teams won today, or something that you get a bonus.
4: <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Never forget by betting on New York teams on 9-11. Going to go for two week one. Had the third highest score in the league. What the fuck? Uh,
5: if I lose, I'm gonna blame uh, Valdez Gambling from Kansas City for dropping all them balls on yeah. Thursday. All right,
0: let's try and wrap this up. Uh, so, obviously, uh, Butch goes upstairs and he <laughs> contemplates what weapon he should use between the bat and the hammer and the chainsaw. Well, so he, he was the gonna up leave. He yeah, was gonna he, just yeah. Leave.
4: right? And then he has a he says, "I can't let him. I can't let him do that to to Marcellus. Can't leave a
0: fallen soldier behind." Right? <laughs> Goes back down and uh, kills Maynard. And uh, step aside, Butch.
4: And Marcellus <laughs> is getting fucking railed by Zed.
0: Uh, yeah. Marcellus. Oh, the worst
5: visuals in this
0: movie for sure. <laughs> uh, shoots him in the dick never shoot a guy in the dick except for maybe a peter green when he's raping when he's a rapist but um yeah that's everything's pretty much cool between them uh he just has to leave town
4: (laughs) don't tell this don't tell anybody about this ever (laughs) your la privileges are revoked Mm -hmm. you must leave right now you gone gone, stay
5: stay stay gone or be gone (laughs)
4: I'm going to call up some pipe hidden N-words. <laughs> <laughs>
5: you can go made the evil on your ass with a blowtorch and pliers.
0: Then we get to our next clip, which is uh, some confusion from Fabian about what happened. <laughs> and uh, Bruce Willis explains that Zed is dead.
7: Come on, get your shit. We gotta go right now.
9: Joe is so worried. What about our bags?
7: Fuck the bags. If we don't split right now, we're gonna miss the train. Come on, I'll be downstairs.
9: Is, is everything well? Just come
7: on. No talking now. Uh, are we in danger? Come on, honey. Where did you get this motorcycle? It's not a motorcycle, baby. It's a chopper. Come on, let's go.
9: What happened to my Honda?
7: I'm sorry, baby. I had to crash that Honda. Will you come on now, please? Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go.
6: You hurt?
3: No, no, I, I might have broken my nose. There's no biggie. Come on, hop on. But, uh, baby, please, we
7: got, honey, we gotta hit the fucking road. Get on. Baby, oh, I'm sorry, come
8: here, come here, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. You were
9: gone so long I started to think dreadful thoughts. Oh,
7: I'm sorry, sweetie. I didn't mean to worry Everything's fine. How was your breakfast? It was good. Did you get the pancakes? The no, blueberry
3: pancakes? I didn't have
9: blueberry pancakes. I had to get buttermilk. Are um, you sure you're no. okay?
3: Honey, since I left you, is, this has been, without a doubt, the single weirdest fucking day in my life. Come on. Hop on. I'll tell you all about it. Come on. Get on. Gotta go. Gotta go. Come on.
6: Whose
7: motorcycle is this?
3: <sighs> it's a chopper, baby.
7: Whose chopper is
3: this? <sighs> Zeds.
8: Zed. dead,
7: baby. Zed's dead.
4: I just think it's hilarious that like he has to explain to her, it's like it's not a motorcycle; it's a chopper. Yeah. It's like, who, who fucking cares? <laughs> <laughs> like, is it not a type of motorcycle?
5: It's a man of principle, I guess. I mean, the chopper had a name; it was Grace.
4: Yes. I I just think it's funny that he's just constantly correcting her when he really doesn't need to.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Another reason they're such an odd couple.
0: (laughs) Uh, When they drive off, this is, of course, the chronological end of the film. But the film itself does not end because we got the Bonnie situation upon us with the prologue of that being the end of the scene at Marvin's apartment. And uh, they have Marvin on the car and they're having a debate about divine intervention why the they were not killed by the uh, the fourth guy in the in the back in the back room. And uh, Vincent accidentally shoots Marvin in the face, it just went off.
4: He hit a bump, <laughs> he all evolved him. Yeah, didn't pull the trigger.
5: <laughs> I mean, for such a big hand cannon that vince vega had i'm surprised there wasn't like a hole in the back window too
4: (laughs) right one one body minus a head in the garage Mm -hmm.
0: jules has pieces of brain all over his his jerry curl he doesn't need any more soul glow because there's enough blood on it to keep it wet for the next day or so and then uh so they he has a, a buddy in toluca lake jimmy Yep. And he allows them to use their garage for an hour and a half. Uh, Vincent
4: makes his towels look like he used the uh, maxi pad. Mm-hmm.
5: Uh, it's hard to come off.
4: <laughs> I use the same self you did.
0: <laughs> you saw me washing them, I saw you get them wet. <laughs> they make the phone calls. Uh, there's a, a lovely conversation about. What Jimmy's uh house does and doesn't do in terms of its storage.
5: <laughs> Definitely not DNS. <laughs> <laughs> uh DNR. <laughs> <What>?
0: DN Hard R. <laughs> <laughs> uh so then uh the wolf shows up in his Acura. <laughs> it's,
4: it's 30 minutes away. I'll be there in ten.
0: He gets them through the conversation, or he gets them through the situation with a little bit of talk back from Vincent. He's not, he's, a please would be nice. He doesn't like people barking orders at him. Um, They have some more conversations in the car where they're cleaning up all the the blood and the pieces of
4: skull and brain. Jules is pissed because he's on brain duty. (laughs) (laughs) You should be on brain duty. The wolf and Jimmy
0: have a nice conversation about wood bedroom furniture.
4: You uh, know, yep. Uh, because they're using his linens to cover up the blood in the car, Uncle Marcellus is going to. There's linens from, uh, was it Uncle Conrad and Aunt Jenny?
5: Mm-hmm. They're yeah, no not with us anymore. With us. <laughs> Were they millionaires? Well, your Uncle Marcellus is. <laughs> yeah,
4: he's going to buy you a whole new bedroom set. Mm hmm. I have oak myself. Are you an oak man, Jimmy?
0: (laughs) Though, don't you think Bonnie's going to wonder where the hell all the blankets and quilts went (laughs) and why the fuck there's a new bedroom set?
4: Right. I would think so.
0: Like, you set up the bedroom set. All right, let's get out the the new sheets. Where the fuck are all the sheets and quilts and blankets? Yeah. Can't even make the bed.
4: Where's Aunt Jenny's quilts?
0: (laughs) (laughs) It was an heirloom. After a quick shower. They go to Monster Joe's truck and tow, right? Yep. Someday it will all be Raquel's.
4: <laughs> because you are a character it does not mean that you have character. <laughs> he
0: takes this woman out for breakfast, which uh, leaves the Ooh. idea in Vince's head that hey, you want to get some breakfast with me? Cool. Getting
4: an idea. The cab <laughs> ride in your future. Move on to the sticks, fellas. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And this leads us to the epilogue, which we're, we're back to the beginning of the movie. Everything's gone full circle. It's a circular narrative, right? Sure. Have a conversation about filthy animals and pork and the philosophical about life and God. And Jules is going to hang it up Going to
5: retire, going to walk the earth like
0: Cain and Kung Fu.
4: You're going to be a bum. They have a word for that. <laughs> it's a bum.
5: If my answers frighten you, you should stop asking scary questions. <laughs>
4: But bacon tastes good. Pork chops <laughs> taste good.
5: I thought it was funny. He's like, what about a dog? Is a dog a filthy animal? He's like, I don't eat dogs either. <laughs> so if a pig had personality, it wouldn't be a filthy animal anymore.
4: Better be a lot more uh, personable than that
0: Arnold on Green Anchors. It's a very sophisticated uh, conversation. And then Vincent has to take a shit
5: <laughs> again.
4: <laughs> I mean to be fair, he only goes about once a day that we see, but could be long. So he's regular, I don't you know. So he's at about
2: 9:30. Well, to be fair, he <laughs> just
0: had some of Jimmy's gourmet shit and that'll flush you right out. Yeah. True. <laughs> and uh so he goes to the bathroom and that's when Pumpkin and Honey Bunny start the robbery and uh the manager is going to give him a problem. <laughs> Oh no, no, <laughs> no, not gonna give you. A... <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, he's like, everyone, you know, he repeats what Pumpkin tells him to and to calm down, and this will all be over soon. And when Jules and Pumpkin start their exchange, it's funny. He's like, he just kind of offers up. He yells, He's like, you're gonna get us all killed, <laughs> <laughs> give them what they want, and we'll get out of here. Shut the fuck up, Fat Man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, that kind of leads us to our last clip because uh, he's taking everyone's wallets, but he wants what's in the case. And he can't give that to him because that's his boss's dirty laundry. <laughs> he does it when he, <laughs> he wants it clean. Meanwhile, he's getting his gun out from under the table. You can't see it. and Pulls one over on Pumpkin, once uh, he opens the case and he kind of blinds him with the the gold or whatever the hell's in it. Marcellus's soul blinds Pumpkin. Is that what I think <laughs> Di-
4: it
0: is? Is it distracts? Is that Marcellus Wallace's soul? Is that what it is? <laughs> uh, he's I know, distracted. I know exactly
4: what that is. <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, he's distracted. So Jules uh, pulls his hand and puts the gun to his head, and it leads into the popular Mexican standoff. Tarantino's quite known for it. Yep. Especially when um Vincent comes out of the bathroom, then you got then you got well, you do have three characters pointing guns at other people. So
4: Well, honey Bunny, she keeps uh, getting distracted by Vincent and uh she's she's very nervous. Mm-hmm. She's gotta go pee. I gotta
5: go pee. I gotta go pee.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted it to be over
0: jules is doing a good job of keeping everyone calm and cool like like fonzie tell that bitch to calm down <laughs> tell that <laughs> bitch to be
4: cool say bitch be cool
0: <laughs> uh and that leads us to our last clip with uh a return to ezekiel twenty five seventeen, although with with a different perspective this
8: time you read the bible ringo not regularly no well there's this passage i got memorized Ezekiel twenty-five seventeen. the path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the inequities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men. Blessed is he who in the name of charity and goodwill shepherds the weak through the valley of darkness, for he is truly his brother's keeper and the finder of lost children. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers. And you will know I am the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon you. I've been saying that shit for years. And if you heard it, that meant your ass. I never gave much thought to what it meant. I just thought it was some cold-blooded shit to say to a motherfucker before I popped a cap in his ass. I saw some shit this morning made me think twice. See, now I'm thinking maybe it means you're the evil man And I'm the righteous man. And Mr. Nine Millimeter here, he's the shepherd protecting my righteous ass in the valley of darkness. Or it could mean you're the righteous man, and I'm the shepherd. And it's the world that's evil and selfish. Now, I'd like that. But that shit ain't the truth. The truth is you're the weak. And I am the tyranny of evil men. But I'm trying, Ringo. I'm trying real hard to be the shepherd.
0: So, Jules gives that Nimrod $1,500 and uh, makes it quite a nice little score for everyone involved. I just want my
5: wall back. (laughs) A bad motherfucker.
4: Which one is yours? The one that says bad motherfucker
0: is still readily available and i still wouldn't mind so if you guys need any christmas ideas for me i'll uh, i'll take a bad motherfucker <laughs> They think we should be going now and they call me walk out the door and credits roll anything else you want to bring up about the plot i'm sure there's going to be a myriad of fun facts ones that we didn't already give of course and fan theories and and worthless trivia items as well but anything else about the plot that uh notes that you have anything else you want to bring up
5: not not anything specific you know just a a little comment i can't really think of any other movie that kind of bounces the the plot around like this movie does because it's you know a lot of movies start at the end and then do the beginning and then go towards the end and finish but this one starts kind of like in the middle And then does the beginning, and then it finishes. Then it kind of goes back to the middle again. Mm -hmm. And I can't can't think of anything offhand that I've seen that's ever been like that. You know, that's that's what makes this movie pretty unique to me.
0: Yeah, it was pretty revolutionary uh, for for the time. That wasn't like the only time it's been done, but it definitely popularized it. Everyone copied it afterwards.
4: Yeah, there were a lot of imitators that followed in the nineties that were similar. It took a lot from this movie. I'm gonna say Go was one of them. Mm-hmm. Um definitely not sure I can think of any of those other specifics off the top of my head, but there's definitely a lot where it's just like we're just gonna try to redo Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. And it's it it, uh, it rarely worked. Like very rarely was it as good. Uh well almost never as good, but very rarely was it close. To being a good movie, mm-hmm.
5: I mean, the dialogue all the way around just makes you invested the whole way through. It took me probably three or four times to watch this to catch the majority of stuff. I think you know, I'm still catching things to this day watching it again, but you know, to really understand it, it took three or four times through for me to kind of understand the whole chronological of it and you know what I was trying to accomplish
0: all of the films that we do we try to rate them gonna go on a limb here and say we're all gonna give it an ASAP
8: yeah yes (laughs) ASAP ASAP that means now
0: five stars on letterbox watch this movie as soon as possible
5: it's almost 30 years old how have you not watched it already (laughs) (laughs)
0: exactly (laughs) anything else you want to bring up before get into fun facts. The only note I didn't bring up was Uma Thurman's feet are fucking massive. She's tall. She's got some like... she alien size hands feet. too. Her hands yeah.
4: are fucking gangly.
0: Yeah. She's got the big uh, Greek toe or whatever that you see is pretty prominent in Kill Bill.
4: The, the second toe is like half an yeah. inch longer than the big one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tarantino likes them dirty too. You guys are walking around on the floor barefoot and then he shoots the bottoms of, the, of our feet mm-hmm. <laughs> we didn't uh do did we did we close the uh the loop on Tony Rocky horror you know he was uh, he was uh <laughs> the one that <laughs> kind of kicked off the whole thing uh we never meet him in the movie He's Mr McGuffin right the claim is that he gave me a wall as a foot massage and therefore Uh, Marcellus Wallace had some guys throw him out of a four story apartment window or balcony, uh, through a, uh, like a a greenhouse type enclosure. And now he has a stutter. (laughs) And Mia Wallace says, No, that didn't happen. I don't know why he threw him out of the balcony, but it wasn't for touching my feet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I guess we'll never know. What happened between him and Marcellus?
4: Who's his real name? Antoine something? Yeah. He was half oh, wow. black, half Samoan. Oh, that fat motherfucker. That dude's got a weight problem, but he's half Samoan. You gotta... You gotta put him <laughs> some slack. Yeah.
0: He's half small. What is, what is he gonna do?
4: He was the rock before the rock was the rock. <laughs> Let's get into fun facts. Hey, everybody. Here's some fun facts. You know, Uma Thurman originally turned down the role of Mia Wallace. Quentin uh, Tarantino was so desperate to have her as Mia, he ended up reading her the script over the phone, finally convincing her to take the role. But she was pretty young at the time, wasn't she? Who's that? Uma Thurman. She would have been, uh, she's born in 1970, so she would have been in her early 20s, mid 20s. Yeah. yeah. Here's a fun fact.
0: According to Samuel Jackson, Tarantino originally wanted Max Julian to play Marcellus Wallace. But Julian turned down the role, objecting to the rape scene. Jackson told Mark Seal in the Vanity Fair article entitled Cinema Tarantino, The Making of Pulp Fiction. Max Julian wasn't going to do that. He's the Mac. He's Goldie. He's like, no, I don't think my fans want to see that.
4: <laughs> Here's a fun fact. The movie cost only eight million dollars to make. The initial budget was reportedly even lower until Bruce Willis was added to the cast he had a recent string of domestic flops, but was still a box office draw overseas. Uh, Five million dollars went to pay the actors and actresses' salaries. The film was already profitable when it was when its worldwide rights were sold for 11 million dollars, again, mainly on the strength of Willis's presence went on to gross over $200 million at the box office.
0: Uh, as we talked about earlier, uh, Brett, you're pretty on the nose with this one, or uh, right on the nose with this one. Yolanda says in the beginning, different from what she says at the end, Tarantino has explained that this is not an error. Rather, he did this on purpose. When we first examined the scene, we were seeing Ringo and Yolanda's conversation from their perspective. Because this is their conversation. What we hear first is probably what was actually said. However, at the end of the film, what is said is different because we are no longer viewing the situation from Ringo and Yolanda's perspective, but rather everyone else in the diner, most specifically Jules's perspective. So I knew there was, you know, Tarantino doesn't make a whole lot of mistakes. Like, oh, whoopsie-daisy. <laughs> Figured there had to have been a, a, a purpose
4: for it. Here's another fun fact. The uh, 1964 Chevelle, Chevelle, I think that's supposed to be Chevy Malibu, convertible, or maybe it's not, maybe. Anyways, the car driven by Vincent Vega belonged to writer and director Quentin Tarantino and was stolen during production of the film. In 2013, a police officer saw two kids stripping an older car. He arrested them, and while looking up the owner of the vehicle, he found the VIN had been altered turned out that it was Tarantino's stolen car. The owner had recently repurchased, or had recently purchased it and had no idea it was stolen.
5: That's wild. (laughs) Uh, In the diner, when Mia orders her $5 shake, um, you know, Buddy Holly asks her if she wants it Martin and Lewis or Amos and Andy. He's uh, referring to two comedic uh, comedic duos, Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis, two white men and amos and andy to black man so basically he's asking if she wants a vanilla shake or chocolate shake and mm-hmm. she chose the vanilla
0: yeah she gets amos and andy at home <laughs> we have that at home
9: <laughs>
4: here's another fun fact uh uba thurman did not actually like the song that was played in the jackrabbit slim's twist contest which was chuck barry's you never can tell she told Quentin Tarantino about it, saying it just did not sound right. Tarantino simply replied, trust me, it's perfect.
5: Oh, here's the, the fuck count. 265 times it's used this movie. Uh, Actually, I don't know. I thought it might be a little less, but that, that maybe that sounds right.
0: Yeah, it seems a bit
5: high. I think, uh, what was it, Hateful Eight that was like 500 times Uh, i forget which one one of his wolf of wall
0: street holds the record nowadays blew it out of water scarface and then um casino had it and then i think wolf of wall street has the current record
4: if i recall i think something beat wolf of wall street but i can't remember what it was oh there's a it's still so there's a movie called Swear Net, the movie that has 935. Oh, that's right. And fuck a documentary on the word. Those don't really count.
0: Swear is from the Trailer Park Boys uh, people.
4: Yeah. So Wolf of Wall Street is technically third. Summer of Sam is right after it. It's mm. a little surprising.
0: So you said Summer of Sam is basically second. You don't count that documentary. Yeah. And SwearNet is like, a, I mean, I like Trailer Park Boys, but this is, it is a very good movie and it's like kind of like a, a spin-off. It's hard to describe. It's, it's not, they're, they're not playing their characters from Trailer Park Boys or different characters. I think they're playing like the, SwearNet is like the, the media company that follows around the Trailer Park Boys, like that makes the documentaries.
6: Okay.
0: I think if I recall correctly, but it's not of note and it wasn't like a big movie or anything it's basically straight to dvd
5: yeah i never heard of that one before <laughs> i so think not the... on
0: netflix because you know netflix has all the trailer park boy stuff
4: so the google list must be old wikipedia has uncut gems following wolf of wall street and then the outpost following uncut gems and then summer of sam
1: and that is a scientific fact
4: But Uncut Gems and Wolf of Wall Street are the only ones with over 500. Like They're over 100 uh, ahead of the next uh, most.
0: Here's a fun fact. Uh, The opponent that Butch kills in the ring is referred to as Wilson, which would be a reference to On the Waterfront, where Terry Malloy is said to have thrown a, a title match to a man named Wilson.
5: Yeah, I never realized, but Marcellus is standing over his body in the locker room. After he finds out Butch dipped out on on the arena, mm. like you can see yeah. the boxer lying flat there. Right. I never put the two and two together. That was the guy that Butch just killed, because wouldn't there be a bunch of doctors, and, you know, yeah. people there, <laughs> you know, around him? Well, if
4: he's already dead, he's already
5: dead. <laughs> they figured it out pretty quick.
4: Didn't have ambulances at the arenas back then.
5: They must have. Broke his neck or something like uh scary movie. Uh, which which one is it? Four, the one where Mike Tyson's uh fighting uh Anna Ferris and <laughs> and everybody falls and breaks their neck.
4: <laughs> Isn't that a million dollar baby uh, uh reference? It,
5: it was, yeah. Hmm.
4: I've never seen that movie, Million Dollar Baby, because I've seen way too many parodies of it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Just a remake of old Yeller.
4: The, uh, I mean, even now he's son in Philadelphia. Did a whole episode where they <laughs> remade it. Mm-hmm.
5: Well, that was why I didn't watch Scream for the longest time because uh, scary movie spoofed it to death for me. I felt like I knew most of it, anyways.
4: Well, the uh, the original Psycho was kind of ruined for me because of that too. Because it's like, how many times have I seen that scene? And, uh, <laughs>
5: right. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a fun fact. Oh, it says the bad motherfucker wallet is actually Tarantino's a reference to the theme song of Shaft, the 1971 version.
4: Cut your mouth. But I'm talking about Shaft. Uh, it says here in the scene where Captain Coombs, uh, Christopher Walken, is giving young Butch the gold watch. Walken appeared to pause during the end of his explanation. For the story behind the gold watch, this is because Christopher Walken had forgotten his next lines before recovering in time to make it look as though he paused <laughs> on purpose. It was decided to leave this error in the film due to how authentic it appeared.
5: It was a, it was quite a pause.
4: That's just called like being a good actor, you know, mm-hmm. turning, turning chicken shit into chicken salad.
0: <laughs> Here's another fun fact. According to an interview with Phil Lamar, it was John Travolta who came up with the idea of Marvin being shot in the face. Marvin was originally supposed to be accidentally shot in the throat and die a slow, painful death. Uh, Vincent and Jules decide that Marvin should be shot in the head and put out of his misery. Uh, Knowing that this would make the characters unlikable, Travolta took his idea to Tarantino and he agreed to to it, figuring uh, that a single bullet kill would be funnier. Legend has it that Lamar was the one who came up with the idea, but Lamar denies this. In his appearance on the podcast, I was there too.
5: I mean, I remember seeing that the first time he got his head blown off, and it was it was kind of a shock. It was just like, mm-hmm. man, he's gone, and the whole backseat's all full of brains and blood and guts.
4: Such a jarring oh. shot, because it's completely <laughs> out of nowhere, especially if you don't know what's coming.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's mid combo, you expect it to kind of drone on and on a little bit. Uh and bam, he's <laughs> we didn't get your answer. What what happened?
4: Why Vincent was even like holding his gun at that point, anyways. Like why why is he pointing the gun at Marvin in the first place?
5: Right.
0: Uh we we kind of touched on this earlier, but something bad happens every time Vincent goes to the bathroom. Uh <laughs> First, Mia overdosing he's, he's in the while he's in the bathroom. Pumpkin and Honey Bunny robbing the restaurant. And then Butch ended up shooting him while he's in the bathroom. So it goes to three times, the three bad things happen.
5: So this one says, Marcel and Mia never speak to one another, even though they're seen together poolside and our husband and wife. You know, that chick at the pool, and I think that was when they were discussing calling the wolf, right?
4: Yeah, it was when he was on the I didn't, phone with I Jules.
5: Didn't... I didn't think that was actually Mia. That looked like somebody else, but I, I must be wrong.
4: Well, I think she's got a wig on throughout the movie, and in that scene, she's just got, like, the skull cap that you are underneath the wig.
5: Yeah. Because it was It'll... still early in the morning. Yeah, we're completely different. But uh, The
4: yeah. only other time they're in the same room together is at the uh, the fight when uh, Vincent, yeah. and, uh, the other guy, show up and he asks her how she's doing. She's like, oh, thank you for taking me out. (laughs) Here's another fun fact. sure you all noticed. When Vincent calls Lance on his cell phone, Lance is eating a bowl of Fruit Brute, a cereal from the older monster cereal family. Fruit Brute, which along with Yummy Mummy, Frankenberry, Booberry, and Count Chocula make up the monster cereals, was later discontinued along with Yummy Mummy. Uh, Tarantino has also held onto a box and drops it into scenes from time to time. It appeared in Reservoir Dogs as well. I assume in uh Mr. Orange's apartment, but I don't remember for sure. think about Tarantino borrowing from other movies. It says part of the dance between Vince and Mia was uh taken movement by movement from Fellini's classic eight and a half.
0: Yeah, it's it's been a long time since I've watched eight and a half, but um yeah. But I'll have to look out for it next time I watch it. To kind of piggyback off of that, the scene where Lance explains the different types of drugs to Vincent resembles a scene in Taxi Driver where traveling Andy shows Travis the different types of guns he could sell him. And uh, Taxi Driver is, of course, one of Tarantino's favorite films. So makes sense. It's a Tarantino movie. There's a lot of scenes that resemble a lot of other scenes in other movies. <laughs> it's an homage. He really really walks that fine line.
4: It's not a ripoff. It's between theft
0: and and, uh, homage.
4: Anything else you guys? uh,
0: I mean, there's so many on there. A lot of them are repeats, but.
4: I I think there's so many. We're not even scratching the surface, but uh, I mean, we've we've already rattled off a ton. Mm -hmm.
5: Yeah. A lot of them we mentioned earlier
0: as well just because we're so knowledgeable we don't even have to read the shit on the trivia page we just know it all right well if there's nothing else uh thank you brother clint uh maybe we'll have you back soon for another uh movie from our youth or something or a minnesota movie i don't know
5: yeah let me know maybe maybe we could do fargo i'll finally watch it
0: <laughs> uh we did fargo a ways back <laughs>
4: If you did Fargo, it wasn't. With I think
0: me. I did it with Alex.
4: Wouldn't be the wouldn't be the first movie we've redone episodes for. I'll
0: have, to, I'll have to check the archives, make sure we've done Fargo, because I've always obviously it's perfect episode to do it on. Because I remember for the longest time I wanted to do an episode of Fargo, but do the entire episode with a amplified Minnesota accent. <laughs> <laughs> That'd
5: be great. Otherwise, uh I already booked tickets for a few older movies coming up. Uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, I think mm-hmm. that must be a 20-year anniversary, and then Scarface in November is 40-year anniversary as well.
4: Yeah, definitely. Gonna try to make those myself at the theater.
0: Uh, a lot of theaters are doing Scorsese movies this fall, and a lot of old uh, DiCaprio ones, especially. Um, nice. But um, yes, yeah, so even like Gangs in New York and some other uh, Scorsese stuff is going to be in theaters this fall. So,
5: Nice. I'm, I'm always down watching for those uh, older <laughs> movies that I already know is good.
0: All right. Well, listeners, be prepared for the horror extravaganza. It is now upon us. It's officially on. 301, we're getting into horror. So, um, Brett, where can people help the show financially? and get some lovely merchandise in the process.
4: You can head on over to wtmwatchthismovie.creator-spring.com
0: You can reach out to us. You can email us at watchthismovie at yahoo.com Follow us on Twitter at watchthis_movie underscore movie or read a positively PositivelyWolf1 which is also his letterbox profile. Mine is under Eric underscore Mulder. Uh, Clint, what's your Twitter and are you on Letterboxd?
5: i do not have a letterbox yet but Mm -hmm. uh my twitter is uh at brother underscore clint
0: there you are also please rate and review subscribe on apple podcasts spotify uh google podcasts around pretty much everything so seek us out and give us a, a rate and review that would be wonderful other than that we will check you later
1: All right, check you later. Bye. Bye Wait, man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are
3: you talking about? Check you later. Check you later. Hey, man, you off my case. I
1: think I cracked a rib. giving me oral
7: pleasure?
3: No, retard from the fight.
6: Don't call me retard.
3: My name is Fabi. My
1: name is Fabi.